So I shared this with uh, our Facebook page the other day, and this is something that I'm just absolutely obsessed with right now. It came in the mail the other day, and it is an ABC baby book. It's called ABC DC, and it's a rock and roll book for kids, for, you know, like, that you read to a two-year-old before going to bed. And it's, you know, around the holiday times, you, you're thinking about buying things for your family and your loved ones and everything like that. And uh, I bought something for a non-existent human being that is probably going to be in the future at some point, but not, like, in the next nine months. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing to prepare. No, not at all. Um, and I, I know people were sharing this. Uh, this is how I found it. One of the one of the Facebook groups, one of the Pearl Jam Facebook groups, somebody shared it uh, back in like September or so, and they said um, that you can vote on it, and everybody it's like vote vote P for Pearl Jam, vote P for Pearl Jam. I'm like, oh hell yeah, that that would be awesome. I would I would love to see this. So I signed up for updates. And I'm like, whenever the book comes out, I want to, I, I want it and everything like that. So around Thanksgiving, they finally decided to release it and put it up for order. And I ordered it and I was very, very, very happy with it. Um, Pearl Jam did not win, first of all. Um, it was disappointing. And some people had kind of teased that they thought Pearl Jam had won, but they did not win this, uh, and it was a really tough, tough competition for, for the letter P. You have Pink Floyd, The Police, Prince, Pantera, Pearl Jam, throw in something like the Pixies, too, uh, that have a strong fan base. And, you know, Pink Floyd is just, they are one of those legendary bands that they're going to win something like this because uh, even... The casual fans will sway more towards voting for Pink Floyd because they know how much of a legendary band they are. And that's not to say that Pearl Jam is not legendary because they absolutely are. It's just in a different era. Uh, I think Pink Floyd deserved to win. But... Yeah, that, I'm, I'm not disappointed at all. I, no, but personally, I think it is criminal that it wasn't given to Prince, personally. Hmm. I, you know, I agree with that because Prince defines, he's the epitome of rock and roll and, and being a superstar. Um, but you have, you have solo stars in this. You have Jimi Hendrix, you have, uh, Elvis, um, Joan Jett, Stevie Nicks, Tina Turner. Um, I guess before you know it, you'll have a whole book of just solo acts instead of bands. So, and then when you put someone up against Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd pretty much gets the win. They're gonna dominate. It's just that they they transcend rock and roll, you know. So, I mean, going through this book, and I, I'm not gonna read every single page, but I just want to kind of go through what the book gives you. So, you open up, and the first page is is A is for ACDC, and they are Thunderstruck. So every t every for every letter is a band and a reference to the to one of their famous songs so on uh the other page one page has, has the letter and the other page has a an awesome illustration of the band it's acdc and angus in, in the front uh with all 
uh, thunderbolt, uh, thunder, thunderbolts and lightning bolts, uh, all, all over it. And that one's, that one's really cool. It's not my favorite of the bunch. Um, I think I keep seeing my favorite. One of my favorite is, is L's for Led Zeppelin and they come from the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> That's and, good. and, uh, it's them in like Sherpas and snowmen and, and there's like a random wolf with them, like a, a husky wolf uh, and icicles. That one's just so funny. Um, Jimmy Page looks so stoic holding uh, the leash of the dog. Please tell me that Spinal Tap got S. No, Stevie Nicks got S. Oh, God. I'm, I'm, um, you know what? I'm canceling my order. Hey. Forget come it. On. <laughs> well, here's the thing. S should have gone to Springsteen. By all accounts, it should. I know you hate. No, look, I know you hate Springsteen. There are some some acts. Well, no, no, no. Uh, they they would have done B for Bruce Springsteen, kind of like how D is for Beatles. D D is for David Bowie. So, right, but B is B is for Beatles always and yeah, forever. So, so Bruce Bruce is not going to beat B for the Beatles, and they won't give him Springsteen because they're going by first name. Right. Um, I don't think that that necessarily matters, though. Well, I mean, Tina Turner and Joan Jett both. Yeah, uh, I, I'd have to go through it again. But, but when I saw the voting, they had like J's for John Lennon, then the L's for John John Lennon. So they had they had both. Yeah, maybe they saw how many votes they got, and then they were able to judge. Okay, we're going to go by first name. Maybe they did it that right, way. right. But I mean. I think they needed I think they wanted a good balance of women and female acts in there too. Sure. And, and you throw Stevie Nicks in and you know, Foo Fighters have to make it over Fleetwood Mac. Uh that's just you need a more current band in there as well. So That's kinda like I'm sure if Paul McCartney was up against Pink Floyd and they didn't mind the Beatles already being in there, Paul McCartney might have taken right. it no problem. Right, right. But he Beatles are you have to you have to represent the Beatles you have yeah. to represent the Stones. Yep. Uh, w for the Who that's another one of my favorites. Uh, of course. W is for the Who and their pinball wizards and it's them with wizard hats playing pinball. Yeah, so I saw the I saw the illustration for that. That was one of my favorites. Um, let's see. Let's let's go through a couple of these other ones really quickly. Uh, o is for Ozzy Osbourne and he's going off the rails on a crazy train. It's just one. <laughs> it's a big, uh, it's a big train with a skull in the front and Ozzy's massive head and sunglasses poking out. By the way, we just want to throw out there: this is not a commercial, and we are in no way sponsored by the book or anything like that. We just want to put this out there because the illustrations are some of the best we've ever seen, and the book is so much fun. And um, if you love music, we just want as many people out there to check this out as possible yeah i mean we say all the time it's not a baseball or a wrestling podcast or a p political podcast but but it, it is, is a music, music podcast, podcast. Yes. <laughs> exactly so <laughs> it, it is it, it does kind of tie in a little bit and um all right i'll give them one more I'll, I'll try to give them one i didn't share on the page just so people have a good idea of what else is out there well the p is for pink floyd is uh p is for pink floyd and they're swimming in a fishbowl two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl 
yeah year I mean, after year but it's, it, it's clever i'm just yeah. i'm not a i'm not a real big pink floyd fan i i, I get that i i go on little uh spurts of it how do you not do prince and he's singing in the purple rain i mean that, yeah it's so good. i know i know all right um the u2 one even though i hate you too it's uh you is for you too and they still haven't found what they're looking for and the the image is bono what does that, <laughs> what does that sound like it's <laughs> why does that sound like an insult to you like the guy that made the book also doesn't like you too probably well look like you... they're still out there touring because they have no idea what else they're gonna do with their lives <laughs> or something like well or, it, it... or bono is just always at like these un meetings and this and that and that's just <laughs> he just can't find what he's looking for it's the edges on the ground with the magnifying glass uh bono has one of those um what are those things that you take on the beach to look for coins? What are those? Oh, called? like a metal detector. Metal detector. Thank you. And they're all holding um, posters of a missing dog. It says "missing patch." Please contact YouTube. That's it's, good. It's funny. I I don't like YouTube, but that one's really funny. So uh, let's bring it all all back around now. And since P isn't for Pearl Jam. Uh, it certainly is on this show, and it is in all of our hearts. So if P was for Pearl Jam, what would they be doing? So And and think about it this way. You'd have to do something No, I'm thinking of I'm thinking about it in a very specific way, but uh okay. what were you gonna say? Well, I think about all the other songs in the book. They're all famous popular songs. So if you decide yeah, like Yeah, no, I I got one. P is for I, I Pearl Jam and they're bitten by the red mosquito, it's not going to work, you know? No, no. But um <laughs> so I would say something like, well, first of all, I you know, I tell people I do a Pearl Jam podcast and a lot of the time I get people that say, "Oh, yeah, I I kind of remember Pearl Jam" or "Oh, they're they're still they're still out there. They're still, you know." <sighs> because a lot of people know the big Pearl Jam radio songs. Yeah. And it becomes a very niche thing when it, when you get down to going and seeing them live and following them around and hoping they do certain songs and certain songs. So just by going by the reaction I get from people, mine might be something like P is for Pearl Jam and they're still alive. Question. (laughs) (laughs) Not, yeah, nothing against the band. I'm just going by the response I get from telling people I do a Pearl Jam podcast. Oh, my God. But you, you know throw, what? You got to throw the question mark in there, though. You're right. Yeah, no. I, I That was one of the ones that I had thought about, that uh, P is for Pearl Jam, and they're still alive, and, and Eddie's popping out of a coffin. I think that's a little too dark for yeah, yeah. A, a baby book, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you hear that all the time from people that are like, oh, they still tour, they still do this and that, and like, yeah, they just don't want to tell, they don't want to commercialize it because that's just not who they are. So I actually right. had a mini conversation with people. There's a uh, a petition going on that not a lot of people are a big fan of. I'm a massive fan of it, obviously, but it's a get Funko Pops of Pearl Jam made petition. And uh, yeah, why not? Why would people... Why would people be against that? There's I, because they're like, oh, you can spend your time doing other petitions and doing other stuff that's more important. I'm like, yeah, people do, and this is just something fun in the mean in in the interim, you know. You know, it, it's okay. Li- li- lighten up, right? Right. Uh, 
here, here's the thing, though. You walk into any store in the mall, Hot Topic, FYE, Spencer's, and you see that they have Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, you know, all the other 90s bands that were Pearl Jam's generation, and all of their merch is for sale, but Pearl Jam does not sell in any of those stores anything but their music. That's the only thing that you can find in, in any of those stores is their music. So they're just not that band that, that commercializes, that puts out that kind of merchandise where, you know, it's they're not a part of that. They, they like to do everything on their own terms, you know? Yeah, yeah. And going by your theory on that, then there is no excuse for them not to have The Office and Seinfeld Pops. No excuse. No excuses. At all. Because there <laughs> are office office things all over the place. There's Seinfeld uh, memorabilia all over the place. There's absolutely no excuse. And I get for the office, you need about 15 different ones, but <laughs> I'll get them all. It's okay. It doesn't of matter. Of course. <gasps> so, Randy, what would your P is for Pearl Jam catchphrase be? I had a couple. Um, one is very biased. You, you just brought this up to me about five minutes ago. So yeah, uh, I, I know we, we were going to get it back around. Yeah, we were going to get it back around. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with mine. I'm, I'm good to go. That's, that's what I would put in. We were talking, my, my fiance and I were talking about it last night and, um, I kept trying to come up with like the ones that would be really depressing. Like, uh, P is for Pearl Jam and their car stopped and the engine was dead. <laughs> <laughs> P is for Pearl Jam and the waiting drove them mad. Um, But I think if they were... Actually, that would be a funny one, and they're all sitting at computers trying to get tickets for their own show. (laughs) The struggle is real. It's totally relatable. Oh, my God. And you just see Stone, like, head in his hands. No, I I can't. Um, One of them... So one of the other the other two that I came up with, one of them I was is a biased one, and it's P is for Pearl Jam, and you can't find a better band. That's pretty biased. Yeah, but it it rolls off. It's it's right. nice. It's, if they uh... were doing if they were doing V is for any Vetter, and you can't find a better man, that I guess works. That's not bad. Yeah, that works. Yeah, but you're kind of slurring. You're changing the words a little bit. So I think the one that they would have to decide on if you're considering all of their hit singles and you really can't do Jeremy because it's too depressing. You can't do daughter because it's too depressing. Better man is, is depressing, but you can kind of change the lyrics. Last kiss is depressing. And then outside of those songs, you have a live and you have even flow, maybe do the evolution that are popular within uh, bigger crowds. Yeah, I, th- I think with a book like this, I think you're seriously limited to something like Even Flow or Alive. So I came up with P is for Pearl Jam and their thoughts arrive like butterflies. That works. Yeah, I think that's, and, and it's a good illustration. You have the butterflies ro- roaming around all over the place and the kids. Full of color. Yeah, yeah. And um, still will be chasing them with a, like a big a big uh, net. Yeah, it's with like a, a net. Huge, huge big net. <laughs> um you know what? You're an artist. Why don't why don't why don't you 
why don't you do a piece for Pearl Jam and we'll post it up on the site and if anybody buys the book, they can kind of put in their own insert for it. All right, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. It'll be a little holiday gift for everyone. Yeah. All right, I like that. Now, are you interested in starting the show and playing the theme song? Uh, yes. Okay, let's do it. You can hear it as as a as a lullaby, or you can hear it as a a, 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 a serial killer singing to the person he just killed. How I want your soul to keep off of the man. So, so if you ever think I'm a fucking pussy, take another listen to that. <laughs> I fucking kill. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossip! Fucking camera in the truck. Welcome to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience. As every time you're here with our four legs, two of them belong to me. This is Randy Silva, and two of them belong to you, Matt Helvig. How is you, sir? Randy, I just want to say one thing before we get into this. I love this show. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're going to have a positive show. Everybody's going to be really happy listening to for the it. Mo- for the most part, this is one that... Uh, that I'll I'll regret not being at for sure. And it's it's one of those shows you listen back on and it's got so many good points and it just makes you want to try really hard to go to as many shows as humanly possible during a tour. The unpredictability factor is just That's that's around fifty percent of the my reasoning is is that you never know. You never know what's gonna what's gonna come about and what you're gonna get. And this is a, a perfect example of that. Exactly. Um I just want to, before we get into it, say that um, Moline was the winner of the poll that we did last week that we mentioned um, and posted all over Facebook. So uh, 72 voters, not bad. Tight race. Um, Every time you're going to get one of these, you're going to get ballot stuffers. And at around, I don't know, like Sunday or Saturday morning, something like that, I saw that Binaral had a 51% lead. And I said, oh, that was not like that when I went to bed. So um, thankfully, I can go in and see that I can see all the votes and what time that they were voted on. So and then I can go and delete certain ones if I had to. Busted! Busted! Big time! Yeah! 
so any of them that had multiple. And for all three that were really in high contention, this was Moline probably won by one or two votes. I didn't see the actual. I didn't see the actual tally totals. I, I saw a percentage. Um, Torino was man that was in the lead for most of the week, and it it just I guess at the last second rolled out of steam or somebody, uh, you know, somebody voted. Some voters came in late to the party or something. Yeah, yeah, the, the but, last minute. And Binaural was really making a push at the end, even without the 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 ballot stuffing. And and I I told everybody, don't do it, don't do it, don't ballot stuff, don't be that guy. And you know <laughs> it, it happens. And and honestly, we're prepared for it, and we're not going to ever count those votes. So if you do it, just just know that you're, you know, it's inconsequential to what the the result was. So uh, Binaural did not win, and. But it was probably a vote or two away. So I think it was, if I have this correctly, actually, let me bring up the photo. There we go. Okay. So Moline with 23.9% of the votes out of 70, I think it was 72 votes. Uh, Moline had 23.9%. By Narl, actually, I don't know if this one's accurate. This one says 67 votes. I think I think Torino had a little more, but this is pretty much how it went. Um, by Narl in Toronto, 22.4% uh, of the votes. It's close. Yeah. Torino was 19.4% of the votes, which I believe got up to around somewhere in the 20s. I thought I thought that all three of those shows had at least 20%. And then you had um, Philly. 10, 10 from Philly was making a little push at the end, uh, a, a little bit, 17.9. Um, and uh, surprisingly, I didn't think Yield would, would, would come in last. Uh, yield was 16.4%. I mean, everything was was fairly close within about five to, to eight percentage points away. But yeah, uh, you know, avocado wasn't the most popular and I thought yield would come up a lot higher. I didn't think it was going to beat out binaural because uh, as we've said, we don't cover a lot of binaural, but I'm not surprised that Moline took first place because you know, it's 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 known to be uh, an all-around amazing show. So I, I, I'm actually surprised uh, Avocado had come in third and wasn't beaten by, by well, Yield. That well, was surprising to me. There's but. a reason for this, and I'm going to tie baseball into this because I always tie baseball into this. Sure. Um, this year, I believe it was for AL Rookie of the Year, it was Shohei Otani won the AL Rookie of the Year because – he was going up against Miguel Anduar and Glebar Torres, I believe. Glebar. Yeah. So you have two Yankees going up against a guy on the Angels. So when that happens, and it happened a couple of years ago where Lincecum was going up against, I think, Chris Carpenter and Adam Wainwright for the NL uh, Cy Young. What I'm trying to say is that when you have something that looks a little different amongst the uh the choices and this is where avocado fits in with all these other shows that happened 2014 and 2016 that are more recent 
I heard people talking, saying they voted for avocado because it's been a while since anybody had talked about it. Since it's the, the Philly and the Toronto and uh, Greenville, which was not on this poll because we had done too much versus those shows are less than three years old right now. So they're pretty recent. We've talked, you know, not we on the show, but uh, as fans have been talking about them and they're pretty fresh in our heads, uh, Moline and Milwaukee, same kind of deal. It's been uh, a little over four years and it's still fresh and people are still talking about it, but nobody talks about that Torino show because it kind of came out of nowhere and they weren't, it wasn't a thing at the time. It was just kind of a one-time thing in Italy that was just kind of like, okay, they're giving a nod to the Italian fans out there. And uh, it happened, they did 10 back in 91, but besides that, uh, that was it. And now you jumble all those other ones together, the other five, and it's become a thing now. Uh, I remember before the Milwaukee show, Steve went to the Milwaukee show and he texts me and he says, do you know what's happening tonight? And this was like at like five o'clock, a couple, uh, a couple hours before the show. I said, no, what's happening tonight? Mind you, this is Moline was, I think three days after the Memphis show and Milwaukee is at least a week or less after the Memphis show. So I'm, I'm still, I'm at a high from Memphis and all that, but I, I was very sad that, that Moline got the win over Memphis, which was just, it happens, it happens, but you know what? It would have been nice. Uh, But Steve said that they tweeted out that they were going to do Yield, and everybody knew about it. (laughs) You just get everything, uh, everything from that album. I I would want it on every show anyway. It would be beautiful, but... um, yeah, so I think they kind of showed their hand after that. Um, I don't really remember what the situation was like in Philly or Toronto or Greenville. I, I believe at least one of those was announced beforehand. Um, I do remember going through the the night after that Philly set list and looking at the set list, and all I saw of people's response to it was, wow, you'll never see that again. I'm like, oh god, what is it this time? So I saw said open once, even flow, alive, why go? And I'm kinda like reading it very casually. I'm like, wait a minute, even flow alive, what what's going on here? And it's not like they open with a couple of easers, like they, they opened with elderly woman in Moline. Uh they opened with once and they started. So you're having two of your your big guns that are used for very specific places. And it's actually kind of getting me a little bit excited for for covering this at, at, at some point because we're we're gonna do all of them. That that's you know every I think every three months we'll we'll put the poll back out there and uh, and we'll really get it going. Um, but I mean it's just crazy. I, I remember looking at that and just flipping out. And that I believe was before MSG. So I said, if Philly's getting something, MSG's got to get something. And we mentioned it, I believe, last week on the 10-year anniversary of Avocado. We got nada. So 
Well, we got Sting and Cheap Trick, which is nice, but I just wanted Pearl Jam. Yeah, uh, and we got two, although, you know, we're going to cover them next year, in my mind, pretty generic nights, considering, so... It was yeah. uh, a little bit of a disappointment, but we'll we'll get to that next year, of course. Yeah, um, I feel like I could come around on night one. Night two, not so much. Night no, night no. one, I was at least really happy with the first set, but the on- it was the first show out of like fifteen or so at the time that I hadn't seen anything new, and I think that disappointed me. And it sort of brought in a new reality of like this could happen sometimes. You could go to a show and not hear a new song because you've been to so many at this point but that after that i've there's always been shows that i've heard new songs so that i hadn't heard before so it happens i think when it comes down to it we've heard it said a few times already doing the podcast i think moline is just a very very popular show among the fans so I, I didn't think it was going to have a problem winning. I think it's pretty, I think it's that simple because we've heard people talk about it before. So I'm excited to, to talk about it because I love. I mean, Heron on what is the hair on the not by the hair of the chinny chin chin. I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it was just it was just a, a really small percentage point, and yeah, I, I yeah. thought I thought they were going to blow it out. I thought Moline was going to blow it out. It didn't, but here we are, and this is honestly. I'm glad that we're doing this one first out of all the full album shows, just because uh, this was really the beginning of, and in this time period that we're in right now, uh, I would say like the last four or five years or so, we're in the anything can happen on a Pearl Jam concert uh, time period. They can play anything. They can decide to do anything. They can decide to play wherever they want, however long they want. So the unpredictability factor is, man, it is high at this point in time. And, and um, the 2014 tour before this was, it was pretty basic. We, we, we covered, we covered Memphis and that was a pretty basic show. The Detroit show, you look at that set list and it's pretty basic. Uh, there's still, doing a lot of lightning bolt stuff and they're not, you know, they're not in places where it's like New York and Philadelphia and they have to bring out the big, big guns and bring out like a rare or something that they haven't done in a while. That's going to, or, or somebody like sting is going to show up and and play with them. That doesn't happen in those type of places. Um, but you get to the small town, uh, I, I don't really know much about it. Um, I just know that Moline's not Chicago. And we've mentioned this before. 2009 was the last time they did a Chicago arena show. So obviously they've done Wrigley three times, uh, five times in total since. But as far as an arena show goes, United Center, the third episode that we ever did, was the last time they ever done a show in Chicago. So that's coming up on, on 10 years almost. I mean, when I first, first heard about this show, you know, going back a couple of years and... Did you know where Moline was? Did I, you know what it I was? Thought, I thought Moline was in Europe. It sounds like a place in, <laughs> in friggin' Italy or something. I, I had no idea what the hell it was. Yeah, I'm going over to uh, Moline, uh, France, whatever. Well, <laughs> you mentioned Fran- it, Well, it's funny. I did some research on it. I wanted to see 
like what the population of Moline was and you know well yeah then, then I realized that I realized that didn't make any sense though why would they why would they well it, it, why would they jump it, over it, to Europe does, and then back so well it, it, I mean it, I see what you're saying because what I'm trying to say is is that the word Moline I guess I'm saying in in French um we do have a French correspondent that uh writes into us frequent frequently that he can he can um he can vouch for this. It kind of sounded um, like poutine. <laughs> I would love some poutine right now. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Um, but the word moulin means mill worker or mill town. Okay. I believe mill town in French. So that kind of, I guess, defines what moulin is. Uh, it's, it's like a suburban Midwestern town. Um, it's the biggest in its county, uh, and the entire town, basically, the the economy of the town is 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 driven by uh, John Deere tracker tractors. Yeah, kind of like a real blue collar type town. Yeah, yeah, that's where their um, their facility is, and the people in the town are that you know people live there. They get employed by John Deere. It, it's a very huge um, that that's just what happens there and that, that's where they make their money that's where Moline is on the map and if you've seen the poster to the show you'll see that there is a John Deere tractor on it what do you what do you think of the poster for this do you like that poster I do, I love the poster I think it's really <laughs> well drawn and yeah like you said in the research kind of finding out more about the town I, I've, I've said this a lot and sometimes there are Pearl Jam posters that are incredibly beautiful and detailed and fascinating but they'll fascinate me because i say what the fuck does this have to do with (laughs) madison square garden why am i looking at this what place is this in philly why is this and sometimes they just make no sense at all right this one is if if you live in moline and you get this poster this is some this is a a poster you could be proud of you 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 want to put it up it really says moline you know and and i i liked it I liked literally it right on right on the poster says well, okay well, well if, it, if it didn't literally say it yeah well, I, I i like it from a visual standpoint the the problem is i'm just it, it doesn't suit me as a human being so i if i would have went to the show i absolutely would have bought it I, I try to buy a poster every show i go to um but i don't know to have a tractor on my wall that's just i'm i don't do manual labor but at the same time you look at it and you say, I know exactly what this means. I know exactly where this comes from. It yeah. makes sense. It makes sense. And it is, a, I'm, I just pulled it up. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at it now. It's a beautiful drawing. The clouds in the back are, are beautiful. Do you like the kind of the indents in the corners where it's kind of like old timey picture frame? I do. I do because I like, how the, I like how the tractor wheel pops out of the border. Mm-hmm. I like how the scarecrow is kind of framed in the setting sun. Yeah. I think it's a great poster. Yes, I, I like it. Yeah, I I think it's one of the better ones from that tour. Um, I remember not liking the Memphis poster at all. Uh, I st- I have it, but I know we talked about the Memphis poster a lot in that in that episode. Uh, I have it, but I just uh, it's just not one of my favorites. I it's hard to find a frame for. And another thing about these Pearl Jam posters is sometimes you can't even read the name of the band you can't read the date you can't read anything yeah. this one is completely legible it's i like it i like it i do too and i was told i made a mistake on the poll by the way i used uh the wrong poster for a show 
Um, I apparently used the wrong poster for the Toronto show. I think it was because that Blue Jay poster is just so amazing. I think that was the Night 2 poster, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I think when I saw that and I just saw Toronto, I'm like, oh, that's that's it. I'm using it. And apparently the Night 1 poster was not as good. Right. Well, that Night 2 poster was really nice. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, they, the 2016 ones, some of them were, were real gems. Yep. Even the, the Milwaukee poster uh, is really good. You see a lot of people... Um, I don't know. Sometimes I see people on on the boards, and their their avatar is the Milwaukee poster. I think it's it's a, a woman's face screaming, and it's kind of got these red and yellow lines, and over her eyes it says Pearl Jam. I think it's supposed to be like the um, what's it called? Uh, like Justice is Blind type statue, oh, right? With the, okay. with the with the bandana on it. Yeah, poss- possibly. Just because it, it's just uh, it's a close up of that, yeah. So you don't see. The it's a super dynamic pop art type poster. Also, right. really nice. Yeah, right. Um. So, yeah. I mean, Moline, small town. It's not Chicago. All I gotta say is that during this whole entire show, Eddie is so excited to be there. It's like he's got this. You know, they, they've never played there before, and Eddie's got this this vibe of him. He's and he says somewhere, and I'll, I'll mention where he says it again, but he says that, um, you know, I had no idea what was around this town and what was in it and what, what we're going to be walking into. It's like walking into a blind date and looking at her and saying, whoa, she's hot. I feel like it comes through in the playing a lot. I feel like it comes through in the crowd a lot. It feels like a show that everyone is really happy to be there for and everyone is really enjoying it. The bands, the crowd, everybody. Yeah, I think so. It's it's a really special moment, and it's something that even we're not going to be able to do it justice. I think it's it's a moment in itself where if you were in that moment, if you lived it, you can never relive it again. We can we can do our best to reimagine it and recapture it as, as best as we can, but we can't bring you exactly back to that moment and bring that feeling of oh my god is this actually happening is this what what's going on tonight we can do our best and we are we're going to paint the picture as, as as good as we can but the only way this is one of those things the only way that you can really fig, find out what happened at the at a show like this is just to be there and to experience this and um you know like I said, just going to do our, our, our best, and neither of us were there, but we had some friends that, that were, and it's it's a popular show. So, why not, you know, without further ado, why don't we get into it? Um, and they start off unassuming. They start off, and they don't tip their hand yet, and they're just like, okay, let's, let's open uh, one, two, three, four, two, three. Let's do elderly woman. Okay, cool. So it, it's kind of like the preset that Eddie does sometimes that we talk about, almost. I agree. It it definitely felt like a full a full band preset, just the one song. Right. It had and that, that's, it had that feel. Obviously, you're not thinking that when you're in the moment. You're thinking, oh, they just opened with Elderly Woman, cool. But when you're sitting back and you're listening to it in a wider scope. 
they do elderly woman into sometimes and that's that's it they're into the album and there's no buffers on i think a couple of those other shows they had like a three or four song buffer before they got into it like i said with right. 10 they opened with once uh and got into it right away but this uh look i'm not crazy about elderly woman as, as an opener i don't know how you, you feel about it but um uh, so uh no no I, i'm not but of course I knew what was going to happen with the set, but hearing elderly woman played as the opener and, and hearing this enthusiasm, uh, that's being put forth in the playing in the crowd. I felt like there was this feeling to where it's like they knew something was coming because I don't know though. Cause it's not, it's not like, it's not an uncommon opener. They'll do it. It's not, it's not uncommon, but it's, it's really hard to describe. It's 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 like an unsaid thing. It's like when you're listening back, you hear the crowd. It's a, a lot a lot of stuff comes through this bootleg with crowd reactions. Oh, for sure. I don't know. I got that feeling. I just I got that kind of good warm feeling that the crowd knew they were doing it for a very specific reason. And I think the specific reason is because one and two, elderly woman, and sometimes works really well for their kind of for their slower intro and then to follow it up with hail hail and go to the album it it works really well for what their standard set makeup would normally be yeah look you're right it's unassuming at first to hear elderly woman and uh and sometimes like they're they're very early set type songs elderly woman can get pushed around in in other places and every now and again but sometimes you almost never hear sometimes. Right. And you and I have our favorite spot for elderly woman. That's something that we usually always agree on, but right. Uh, but sometimes it's usually right here. It's not very often that you hear it outside of the one through three. Right. right. Uh, so you're right now when you hear sometimes and you're, they're, you're kicking off. I think the only thing that's going through your head is, all right, no code early. Okay, cool. That's cool. That's no, pretty cool. Nice, nice early no code, but and it and it works well after Elderly mm-hmm. Woman. I like this intro. Yeah, I think a lot of people, and this is why no code and binaural were at the top of the poll list. Uh, a lot of people say at shows, I want to get at least one or two no code, one or two binaural in there because those are albums that they don't pay attention to live as much. And as we talked about, their their transitional post-transitional albums that mm. get really super interesting and people like to hear those songs well they were not they were not popular albums at right all. right and of course i don't want to speak for everybody but that's that's my feeling about it is that you're getting super interesting things off those albums and you want at least give me two of them live right. you know give me yeah. two give me two of them in the first I set think i think it's variety too i think you know yeah, yeah. on average you hear about five five or six songs from ten and then four to five from verses and then three or four from vitalogy. And then you have at least probably two from yield at, at the least you might get one or two from riot act. If they do, I am mine. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. Possible. Some, sometimes they leave off riot act. Sometimes they leave off avocado. So it's, you, you just kind of do one and not the other. Right. Right. Um, but man, not this night. And uh, let's really kick it off here. And let's open the album um, and 
yeah, try to see if you can tell if the fans are, are getting it. But let's play sometimes and really dig into what this show is all about. that the band doesn't get too overly excited and tip the, tips their hat because sometimes they can be like hey you know what's coming or like they kind of like tee up what's coming but there's no you know there i think when they did yield i think they came on stage to the red dot uh we're all crazy we're yeah all- I, I think you're right so that's you know they were kind of saying something like hey here we are deal time uh they did nothing to make it feel like a no code album show was coming and um and look the crowd was awesome throughout the whole night but i think eddie gives them a uh a passage here where he wants them to sing and it's the sometimes I, I reach to myself dear god um and he lets the crowd sing it at first and the crowd is lukewarm at best they aren't quite it's not a unison thing which we'll hear later uh so he he quickly realizes it and he goes back on the mic uh to jump back in did you notice that yeah i think with sometimes being played here could it have caught them a little off guard uh especially with such a a set staple like elderly woman having opening the show then they do sometimes he goes to give them the mic and they're just not maybe they're just not ready for it or they're not in the mood for it yet because it's not really it's not moving yet right um this is this is part of the complete opposite of in hiding from last week this is not that that type of moment yet Right. Here's what here's what you have to realize for a show like Moline. Okay, you're getting some Chicago transplants and you're getting some big fans from all over the place. It's kind of in the middle. You know, you're getting Chicago people, you're getting Indiana people, you're probably getting some uh, Wisconsin and uh, Missouri people probably all going because they skipped some of those states. Uh, what you probably have a lot of, it's a small arena you probably have a lot of people that are like live around te- you know the the area of Moline that are like hey man pearl jam's coming should we try to get tickets yeah okay cool I'll, I'll i'll go to a rock and roll show so you get these guys that go to the show and no code is not an album they know very well they know 10 and they know verses and they're more they don't really get 
grasp the magic. So I think it's more of a later on when people are grasping the magic, they drown out everybody else that's not. So the magic isn't quite here yet. People don't know what's going on. So therefore you get a little dead air and you don't have that energy that's about to come. It's about, it's like, it's about, it's rising at this, at the time that hail hail hits. Yeah. I mean, with something like elderly woman into sometimes it's, it might be asking a lot to get the crowd to sing, to sing the song for you that early on in the night. Right. Right. I mean, you know, it, it does happen some sometimes in certain places and with certain songs. Um, but again, No Code not being the most popular album and thinking about who the crowd is, um, it it might not have, have garnered that big reaction. So let's go into Hell Hell now and try to grasp what's in the audience members uh mind at this point and one of the comments that i read was that somebody said it was peculiar that they would play hell hell after sometimes because something like that wouldn't happen and now i'm going to counter i'm going to counterpoint that by saying that i wouldn't have thought any i, I wouldn't have thought about it because when you think of hell hell early in the set as sort of like the, you know, after, rocking after corduroy, rocking after animal, like, you know, within within the three to five spot. This is within a normal spot. So it, it's not it's not necessarily wrong to think that um nothing's going on here yet. It's a little peculiar, and I'll have some stats in a second. But it's not even that peculiar. I mean, it's it's the amount of times you see Hail Hail might be lower than than other songs. But I mean, you know, you're starting it off a little slow. Yeah, it's the album. We know that now. But if they do Hail Hail after two more mid-tempo songs, they're bringing it up now. Now they're bringing up the energy. And even if you aren't picking up on the fact that they're doing No Code in its entirety... Why complain about Hail Hell being there? It's it's uh, an awesome song to pick the setup with. You know, I, it's... I I wouldn't have even thought for a second that they were attempting at no code at this point. I just I would have I would have said great. this this flows really well. This oh I see why they did that because it, the transition from sometimes to Hail Hell on the album is one of my favorite transitions sure of any of their of their transitions on any of their albums so i'd be like yeah they're doing those two together live that's fucking awesome because it sounds really good yeah i don't think it's weird or or that out of place either i guess um it's it's not but if you're somebody that's really uh deep into the stats if you're a livefootsteps.org fan and are paying up, very close attention it looks a great show last week. Loved how it turned out. Um, if you're paying attention to Live Footsteps, the two songs haven't been played at the same show since 2004, before this point. Back to back, where it's sometimes to hell hell, not since 1998. And it, and, and it works really well. So at this point, I'd, I'd say, oh, cool, this is Pearl Jam. They're just, they haven't done this in years. They're going to do it now. 
You don't, yeah, they, it's, you're just thinking they're playing songs at this point. You don't even right, think about right. albums because why would you ever think about them playing an album? Most bands, when they go on tour, I think Weezer did this with the Blue album. They announced uh, that beforehand, the whole tour, every night would be the Blue album. They would play the Blue album in the first set. They did Blue album and Pinkerton. They, they, they were, did do I, Pinkerton. I think okay. they were uh, interchanging them, I, I think. Um we could ask some of our mutual friends because they were uh, at the show. So I'll, I'll find out. But I know they did Pinkerton as well. One show I was at was I was at um, Springsteen's River Tour where he did the whole River album. And being, an, being a Springsteen fan, but not being like a massive Springsteen fan, I was not really into the River that much because the, it was just like, Hungry Heart and The River and a couple other songs that you kind of know, but man, it's like 16 or so songs and it just, it goes on. I thought a lot of Springsteen fans were even 50-50 on The River. I always thought that was yeah. uh, a, a pretty divided number uh, for that album when it came to Springsteen. I could be I could be wrong. That's just what I, what I thought, what I've heard. That's, yeah, I used to work with somebody that was, uh, we used to talk all the time like about how Springsteen and Pearl Jam had very uh, compatible bands in the way that they, you know, uh, envisioned li- uh, going to see the, the band and, and envision their music and, and opinions and stuff. And and she she had thought that that the river was a weird choice too. It was I think the thirty year anniversary, and man, Bruce just does what he wants. That's 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 all yeah. that it comes down to. And yeah. and I, I I said you know. After it was about, I think the first set was about an hour and a half. That's how long the river is. It's almost like a double, a double disc. Uh, I believe it is actually, um, not not like the white album, but pretty close. Um, and then he went into the rest of the set was, I guess if you were saying, if you were a Springsteen fan, it would be a pretty basic set. You know, it wasn't. There was nothing that was pulled out of thin air i knew i knew every song so a little a little different but let's get back on track here and this is where i think they start to pique the interest now let's play the whole thing and we'll even play where eddie kind of talks a little bit he'll say the the blind date thing that that we were talking about before i believe in this so um of course number three on the album is who you are and I give Matt Cameron a little bit of a pass because, man, the, dr- the drum line, he wasn't on the album, obviously, but the drum lines are so similar live from who you are to In My Tree. So um, even Pearl Jam is just not really sure what's going on almost because you'll hear Jeff and I guess they forget what what track is uh is what on the album but um it's a little it's a little tease for in my tree but it turns into who you are and i wonder if that gives it away a little bit if people are like wait a minute they started off within my tree but then you know reacted and and did who you are instead so is in my tree coming next and then i think that probably started the trigger of okay we know what's coming so listen Listen to how this all went down and check out who you are because we haven't talked about it yet. We'll talk about it after you listen to a little bit of the song. 
but here is who who you are. Actually, we have heard the song because we play it every damn week. We just don't play it live. We, we hear it in every single episode, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're you're going to hear it for real, for real, and I'm not going to talk over it. So here is who you are. Nice place you got here. You look good. I mean, you come to a place you've never been before. And uh, it's a bit like a blind date, right? So I just gotta say, we walk in here like a blind date, and, and you get there, and then she opens the door and is like, She's hot. It's <laughs> good. All right, have fun tonight. Let's get it going. We're really doing this in full. And, you know, in my tree is, is way more common to hear. Not way more. It's it's not it's not very common to hear in my tree, but it's it's way more common to hear in my tree than who you are. So I can see them doing it. Mac Hammer gets one hundred percent the pass for this one. Mm. J- Jeff played in my tree. Jeff should know what comes next. There's no reason. That's true. It doesn't matter if the drum parts are almost identical, especially when you're hearing it live. There is no reason why Jeff should have started playing In My Tree anyway. There's no reason for it. So um, he messed up. Matt was fine. Jeff got a little confused. So that was but on I, Jeff. I think, it, I, think it's part of, I think it's part of the charm here. I think it's part of... Oh, no. It's one of my favorite parts of the entire thing because not, not only is it really funny to hear because... They just messed up the order a little bit because, like we said, the drum part 
especially live when you're listening to him live, who you are and in my tree are are almost identical. Yeah, um, and and we know Matt Cameron tends to sometimes speed up some songs, so it gives who you are here a little bit of that in my tree sound. There's no reason why Jeff should have played it anyway. It's why would he just say, "Oh, let me just go with what I think is being played." No, then you tell Matt, "No, it's it's not in my tree." And Matt will say, "I'm not playing in my tree," and then you say. Oh, okay. They sound exactly alike, you know. But again, I, I think I think it's just a moment. I think it's just a moment of a quick wait. For I forget what we're actually doing here. We're actually doing full no code. Okay. I think Jeff just went into it. I think he got a little excited, but it's, yeah, it's funny and it's fun to hear. They end up going into a version of "Who You Are" that I I had texted you earlier that I love. I love. It sounds so good. I listened to this "Who You Are." like five or six times. I thought it sounded amazing. And then in my tree is one of my favorite live songs too. So, you know, when you're the, when you're a fan in there, look, I would start to question it. I would start to think, okay. Cause sometimes, sometimes I do actually think like you were saying the Mandela effect, uh, last week of worldwide suicide, right. Opening avocado. I have that within my tree before who you are anyway uh, i agree. I usually think that in my tree is before who you are on the album i i actually think it works better that way i would prefer it that way especially when it comes to a set construction too yeah and it's, it's such a, it's, it's a minute thing it's not oh like, yeah yeah there, there's know, it's small it's yeah and if you know the history about who you are and this is basically the band saying that hey you want a single all right, well, here you go. Here's Kumbaya for you. Uh, instead of giving, you know, the first single being Hail Hail or, I don't know, even Red Mosquito uh, could have worked as a single. I can't remember what the other single. Hail Hail was a single, but at that point. Actually, I was listening to the Porch podcast. Hey, Porch guys. They were doing Red Mosquito on their episode two, and apparently it, it, it did chart. It, it was charted on Billboard, so... Was it U.S. or... Yeah, I think it was, like, number 37. Okay. Yeah, it was... For a song that was more of, like, a deep cut off the album, they were saying on the Porch podcast, that it, it came in pretty high. It's really interesting. Yeah. at that time, there's an article about 1990... I don't know if we brought it up on the show before, about 1996 and how the music industry was in complete disarray and there were really weird albums and it was the death of of grunge at that point for sure and it kind of insults no code a little bit and it says it wasn't pearl jam's best best uh, uh attempt but that's that's really from a commercial standpoint and um but what i was trying to say here is for the first single off an album they played it a lot back in 96 but it's only been played, I think, 43 or 44 times. Uh, let me get the exact number there. Um, yeah, 44 times in total. And at this point, it was only 41. So from 1998 to 2008, 10 years, it missed 369 consecutive shows. So that's not it's not your everyday single. It's not Daughter. It's not Better Man. That, right. It's, you know, a really long gap. Um, and then we heard it back in 2008, they started playing it a little more and they played it at those garden shows. Um, what I really like is this song with, with harmony. I think it needs, I think it needs harmony. Um, I think it was good here, 
but I would have liked that that harmony and that backup vocal a little right. more. It's definitely a lot more um, atmospheric, I think, uh, live, uh, in the studio. But, I mean, you can't skip it, so you, you have to do it. And, uh, you know, and they did it, and I, I really liked it. Yeah, I, look, I, I think I, I get excited when we go through and we listen to songs from sets, and, and we have this is the first time we've covered it before, and I get excited uh, covering a song we haven't heard, covered before because it's just it's 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 fresh, it's brand new, and we can talk about it for for a little bit longer period of time than we can talk about I don't know uh, Lucan or I'm Open, which will be the third time we cover it today, so um, we won't cover it much. Uh, and now we're at the point we get we're into In My Tree, and I think at this point. If who you are wasn't a definitive enough for you to think that they were doing this, the crowd has figured it out. Even if they're rumbling amongst one another, they're saying this at this point, I think everybody down in the GA in the pit is saying, is this actually happening? This can't be happening. Is this really happening? Yeah, I, I, I think this is happening. They're doing this. So, just, I can't even fathom what's going through their heads right now. So, is, is No Code my all-time favorite Pearl Jam album? No. Is it really high? Absolutely. It's, you know, two or three, but... It's top three for me. I, I don't really care what album I would get. It's the idea of being at a full album show that's really cool. I mean, would No Code be one of my top choices? Absolutely, 100%. But I think even if you're not the biggest no-code fan, you're still getting something that is very special that a lot of people will never, ever get in their entire Pearl Jam concert-going career. So, yeah, there's got to be an energy in there. Now, at some point, we're going to have to bring up just the, the elephant in the room here. And this is people, there are some people that are on the other side of the fence that don't like full album shows because... It gets rid of the unpredictability factor, and you know what's coming next. But I have to disagree because the whole thing is an unpredictability factor. You're at this get, point. You're still going to get songs you've never heard, and yes. and like I said just a, a few seconds ago, it's it's something that a lot of people will never ever see. I think that's something really great to have as a concert goer. Right. I I, I throw the unpredictability out the window. Okay, it's like. All right, well, I know Smile's coming next, and then off he goes, and then uh, Habit. Um, I almost forgot the set list for a second. Um, like, that, throw all that shit out the window. You're not thinking about that when you're in there listening to the show. You're just being like, the whole time. I think I would say the whole time, I cannot believe this is happening. This is great. And this is, In My Tree is really the first out of all of these that you really start to hear the crowd participation open up and really start gathering some enthusiasm and some excitement. Right. Um, what do you think of the, the performance? Did you, did you like this version of, uh, of in my tree? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite live songs. I love when he really opens up uh, his voice as the verses, progress and the band gets bigger and bigger i loved it 
And it's hard for me not to like it, though, because it is it is one of my favorite live songs. It's a classic, and I really think that it should be in, in sets more often than it is. Um, and yeah, you know, at this point, we're, we're in the thick of it. We got nine more, and we know exactly what's coming, but man, we're we're pumped for it especially if you the the first four here if you've been to i know somebody that's been to 60 shows and has never heard around the bend so so you're that guy yeah you're that guy you are excited yeah you could you can finally fill up a full album and and you know it's a personal thing people love to to fill up their stats so and not getting ahead of ourselves but you're gonna get mankind too I mean, come on. Anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. All right, so it's wife swap time. Stone on bass, Jeff on guitar. And um, Ed says, for the rest of the night, and Stone would be fulfilling a lifelong dream by doing it, (laughs) which I highly doubt. I think Stone is very attached to his guitar. Yeah. Um, And this is, he's just so damn good at it. Even this, even if you were still not, convinced and in my tree you're convinced now because smile is an encore song when do you hear smile in a regular set and we've covered shows where smile had been constantly stricken from set lists every time they've been there was that mexico city that was mexico city yeah so i mean yeah uh, you you have to know at this point there's no ifs ands or buts about it if you don't know you've never listened to the album pretty much and and I, like I said, I think at this point, the few that are going to the show that are waiting for the hits are probably a little alienated, but this is not for you. Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Randy comes out with, with the dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> He's storing up his dad jokes with his kid books for the future. Uh, <laughs> well, I said, I said, when I read this to my child, I will be singing every song. Of course. Yeah. That, I think that's what it's it's meant for, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, you can't do it any other way. Right. What? You're going to see Yellow Submarine and just say, oh, the Beatles all live in a Yellow Submarine. No, you're going to say, they all live in a, you know, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, it's just... It's really interesting to hear Smile outside of the encore. Uh, you know, just kind I, of in the middle. I, there. It's it's great. It's really great. I mean, of course, it works well within the set because of the construction of the album. But yeah, it's it's cool, man. I like it. I like it a lot here. This is why I like the show because I I really like the album construction. Right. You can't you can't help it. It's you know, if you're a no code fan, how do you not go out and buy? this boot um and there's look there's not going to be a lot of dissecting here for the next handful of songs there's not going to be a lot of dissecting oh well there's obviously set construction throw that shit out the window how they're playing it you can pretty much throw that shit out the window too um this is just kind of appreciating the art of what they did so yeah obviously very, very well put exactly that's exactly how what it is smile and off he goes and and he definitely slurs some words in the first chorus uh it's a not bit. a it's not a what a what a man a what a wang 
Um, it wasn't, wasn't that bad. No, but he, he slurs some words. Otherwise, it sounds great. And Yeah, I, I really love it when they do this cover of And I Love Her by the Beatles off of Hard Day's Night. Um, I really always like <laughs> it. <laughs> Burn! Uh, I love Off He Goes Live. Uh, I have said before that it's not my favorite studio uh, album song, but live it is it's incredible it's really an amazing song but that opening riff man it's it's fucking it's, and i love her it's, let's call it what it is I mean, it's well it's not like eddie's not influenced by the beatles yeah, yeah um the placement on the album sort of defines their philosophy for it if i were to say um that they can take a song like this and put it on side one that could be kind of a heartfelt, a little sad, a little um, self-aware that a song like this on most rock and roll albums goes, you know, towards the end. It's more, I don't want to say ballady. That's not really what to say, but it's it's not a side one song. And I, I've always appreciated that they were so bold to put it in between Smile and Habit, uh, two songs that are, you know, happy and uplifting and then kind of like just, you know, garage rock. Uh, it, that's, that's the charm of the album. That's probably possibly a reason why you have the divide between the people that were all in through Vitalogy and not in when No Code came out. You know what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah. I think going back to the album placement of Off He Goes, I think for most bands it would be a side two song, but I think that's a really stupid thing to do because they see the potential in this song, and it is very catchy. I mean, it is a very catchy song, and it does make you want to listen to it again and Putting it on a side too it would have been such a waste, I think. And I agree. It, it would have done nothing on a side two at all. Like it, it, was, it would have it, been pointless there. It makes the song feel more important and stand out. I think that they had something to say in the song. I so. think it is important, and I think they knew that, and it, it got the spot that it should. And I think maybe a lot of other bands should consider, you know, these these kind of album ender songs that are these cool downs, and they they send you off with it. Why not flip that over? Why not maybe try to put that on a side one? See how it works. You know, you it, it might be this hit that you that you never saw coming, and and there might be a lot of bands out there that that lost that kind of meaning to a song because of of a placement. And and Here, here's uh, and, a good question for you. Yeah. Do you think elderly woman would have worked after dissident? Ooh, that's a that's it's a the same spot. Ball. That's a curve. The same ball. spot. Hmm. I'm gonna say it. Probably. I, I'm gonna say. Because of how early they played in sets, I'm going to say it probably would have worked. I want to listen to it that way now. Yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of rearrange the albums just for, you know, shits and giggles. Just just for fun. Yeah. Yeah, you said after Dissident, right? Yeah, so the same spot that off he goes. Because it's it's after Rear... No, it's after... Rats. No, no, it's after Rats, right. It's Rats, Rats. Elderly Woman, Leash. Okay. Right. Um, Yeah, because it's Dissident WMA, right? Yes, which WMA isn't really a cool down, but it's a because the beginning is so it, it builds. I want to hear how it would go dissident 
elderly woman and then blood. I think it might, <laughs> it might, it, that might change it. It might change with blood coming after it that I might say no. So I'm going to do like a, I'll build it as a playlist and I'll listen to it that way. But it's, and then it, I'll let you know. It's not too far off from what we have here. Smile off he goes habit. Cause habit is habits, not blood. No. Um, it, it, it's probably not in the same conversation as blood, but ha- <laughs> is habit the hardest song on this album? Depending on what you think of Lucan. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, real quick stat, uh, off he goes, had, it had been 40, 40 shows since they had played it at this point. So a lot of these songs that they're doing have, have had huge delays in their time playing it. So it makes it even more rare and, and exciting that they're doing this all at once. Um, Ed says, end of side one, and we get to side two, and we start off with Habit, and we have not talked this song live yet, so we're going to play it and talk about it a little bit. Yes. It's not one of my favorite live songs. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, no, it was never really one of my favorite songs. Again, you're there. It's it's good. It's good. It's played well. Oh, I mean, like on this night, you're depending on your opinion of the album. You're gonna take take everything and you're gonna love it. Um, I think that yeah. the performance of this was a little off key, down tuned. I don't know. It it just sounded like it didn't need to be in. The key it was in. I haven't listened to the studio version of Habit in a long time. I'll, I'll, I'll have to A-B them and see. Yeah, he screams a little louder in that version than in what he does live. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Something wasn't wasn't working for me with this. Uh, we mentioned before we started them kind of as a band, even scrambling in some, in some parts, working out the set, working out the album, so... Could have been, could have been uh, the the case with Habit here. Yeah, it's uh, you know, look, I think that it's one of the more, it's one of the rarer songs. I've only seen seen it once, so I'd be happy to see it again because you know it's just kind of, uh, it's like differential, you know, just changing it up a little bit. And yeah, I haven't seen Habit since. PJ 20. So I definitely want to see again, but the next one I hadn't seen some PJ 20 and then they played in Boston. That was one probably at the top of my list that I wanted to hear in Boston. And, um, definitely, man, I think by red mosquito, the fans are just in unison, just so happy to hear what, like you just hear them. And it's like, they have 
arms around each other swaying i was bitten and like everybody is into it at this point and whew, this is the surprise factor is gone but it does not matter it's beautiful it uh, Another one of my all-time favorite live songs. I love Red Mosquito Live. Uh, they killed it here. I think it sounds great. The crowd is loving it. The crowd is totally on board at this point. Yeah. And I... Yeah, I mean, I've said it in other, in other episodes that Red Mosquito is super dynamic live. There's a lot going on. It's It doesn't seem like it's that... How do I want to put this? It's complicated. not that in, complicated or that in-depth of a song. <laughs> Having written it on like this fever-fueled trip out it really turned into a song that's really dynamic and really has a lot to offer live and that's why i love it so much yeah and mike's mike's guitar during this it sounds his guitar sounds like a mosquito i don't know if you've ever realized that but the guitar it's like mosquito kind of buzzing around your ear yeah that bl- that bluesy uh lead lead part that he does it, it's just like a standard sounding blues riff but when you put it in context to the song yeah it makes you feel like you're in like this louisiana swamp or something and it's 110 degrees and it's really muggy out and you have the the bugs flying all around your head so for sure i I agree we go into lucan and they are doing the slow burn into lucan here and the little slow dance intro now do you wonder do you wonder if it threw people off because like hey wait a minute this they're supposed to be doing Luke in here, but what are they, what are they doing? It, it's like eight or nine songs in. Yeah, only because I didn't really think it was that good either. They'll do it from time to time. Yeah, they do it from time to time. I don't think it's that good though. So, I, I if you've seen it before, it's you, you know I, what uh, it is. But I set I set the clock on this one. Uh, Forty two seconds. You hear really good Lukens, and then you hear some really bad Lukens. This one wasn't really bad, but it wasn't really good either. Right. 42 seconds is fine with me. I think my thing is, can he finish the entire song and keep it together? And He loses it like right at the end. Yeah, but he, br- he brought it back. He, he said, did. He br- unless I heard the freak was purchasing a fucking gun. He said that. He got it. He needed to just like do a quick... <gasps> right. Another... If, again, going back to people that don't know Pearl James and that are at this show just because it's something to do. Um, and I don't mean to sound rednecky and offensive when I say that. I just say that as, I don't know, that, that was stupid. But um, That's just something that people from New York do, only because yeah. I, fe- I feel like those people do New York accents the same way we do Southern accents. So right. if you guys are allowed to do it, so are we. <laughs> this is a very New Yorker. Oh, I'm mad at you. Huh? Oh, got the uh, gabagool. Yeah, gabagool. Get out of here. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, God. Uh, okay, so the person probably like, uh, yeah, that that kind of person that's not there as a full Pearl Jam fan probably thinks of like, what the hell is Eddie doing that he's just going, rah, 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 rah. you know, like they probably say, what the fuck is he doing? And everybody else is like, yeah, Logan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, but once it's over in 40 seconds, if you're not that familiar with it, you say, oh, that was cool. I, I understand. You I get it. Already I, 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 it. It serves its purpose. Right. Moving on. And a lot of people said that present tense was 
the highlight of the night for them. And this is a really, really good version. The crowd is really into it. Um, you know, if you're at a show and they play present tense, that's going to be one of the highlights, really, at any show. I um, and, and I'm I'm a little biased because I love present tense. Oh, live, I do so. too. I do too. And I live, it's just amazing. I think we we could be biased together and agree <laughs> agree on that. What I'd like to do, I'd like to hear a little bit of it, but I'd like to start at the second chorus when he's saying the you can spend your time alone and then go into where they get really heavy at the end because that's where they really come together and sound freaking incredible yeah so let's do that instead of playing from the beginning is such a uniquely developed song because it's it's kind of like a tale of two songs you have the beginning is really about the lyrics and it's very light and then um i'm trying to grasp how the ending comes into it and how it comes into the story of the song is it kind of like a positive attitude that like you can you know if you live in the present tense you can go forward and you can kind of push ahead and 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 
you know, it's positive, but it's hard too. And it's kind of the little twinkle at the end has that kind of like positive light. Yeah. Sorta. it's got, You know, it, it brings it back to, to Mike at the end there. And it, it has that sort of ending that sort of every, everything is going to be okay. Sort of ending, you know, <clears throat> like, like the beginning, which is, I don't, it, it's one of those songs that just makes you feel good and in the moment when you so hear it live. Positive. It's so positive. And, and I really think at this point, a, a real turning point for the band that they, the whole No Code album is self-aware while Vitalogy is, and Versus, for the most part, are, they're, they're self-aware. They're self-aware, but they're like angry and upset and they're going off full emotion. But now they're in the moment here with no code. And when they get into no code, they can understand who they are as a band and what they want out of life being a band. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it, they weren't trying. To, I mean, well, off he goes in present tense are the, the two that stick out in my mind that really define yeah, it's it's another it's the it's the turning point. Uh, well, along with Vitology, of course, but they're not really trying to fit in anymore because they're established. They're now exploring. Right. Uh, that's why these songs all really work really super well on this album, and and especially together as this one cohesive type of story as as an album. And it it just happens to work really well live too. Right. A lot of Vitalogy is just fed up with fame, fed up with popularity, not for you, whipping corduroy or all songs about people thinking he's one, you know, thinking he's something that he's not or thinking that because he's a rock star, he's he has to fit into a certain mold uh, that, you know, he has to, I don't know, um, a lot of it on journalists too that that kind of blood would have really fit well with those songs and just kind of how people depict their music like like you know 10 10 is when you listen to the album 10 it's it's this very 90s dated type thing it's let's let's play these songs we got these songs let's they're good songs they're going to age really well which is mm-hmm. really good and then versus is more of a this is what we did on 10 but we're going to do it even better because we're getting better at this Mm -hmm. and then vitology is just like gotta make a statement is we're gonna (laughs) yeah everything you thought you knew you don't know and then no code is is this cohesive uh omelet of like all of it together to where right they finally not it's not that they they had to figure it out they figured it out right away they just needed to, I think, express themselves better. Does that make sense? Because yeah. Vi- Vitology could be a, a real kind of a, a trip, you know, if you listen to it sometimes. And No Code is just so uh, tight and together and makes perfect sense. So well, that's how I see that kind of progression. I'm trying to put it this way. Um, Vitology is all emotion and uh, angry sharing their emotion and, and just like getting it all out and no code is more coming to terms with what their emotions are. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that's I don't know if I really said that, but no, I, I yeah, no, I agree. Songwriting and attitude, I think no code is is the pinnacle. And Vitology still Vitology still scares me a little bit. <laughs> it's just I don't like to listen to Vitology at night when I'm alone. No, because if you if you fall asleep and and you wake up during stupid mop, you're gonna get nightmares. That's it, it freaks me out. Like uh, yeah. Um. All right, we got we got more of a show to do. I mean, consider that we have three songs left to no code, and we could be done here. But we have about I don't know twenty more songs after that, and uh, yeah. So, um, mankind take one, and it doesn't really work. Uh, haven't played in 64 songs, yeah, 64 shows. So you got to give him a little bit of a break, but Stone's got to sing. Stone gets a moment here. Let Stone sing, but don't turn his mic up. Come on, guys. What, what are you doing? <laughs> they always do that, though. They always These sound guys. They should know about let Stone sing. And then uh... you don't turn his mic up. Come on. Great performance, though. Really a lot of fun. I, I, lo- I love hearing it. Yeah. Why, why don't we let Stone sing here? Oh yeah, because Stone hasn't sung sung on our podcast yet, so let's oh, let's do it. Let's let him say. thought was kind of funny about some of the lines in the song and people make fun of the song sometimes uh, it's it's silly but it's 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 this is no code needs a song like this it needs this yeah this 90s poppy type song and and of course it's stones and it's it's wonderful you can you can hear people sing a little louder when he says the word ovaltine <laughs> <laughs> Now, Mankind is a perfect example. I, I think people talk all the time about the John Lennon, the guy that camped out by John Lennon's house and then uh, it was on the documentary and then he brought him inside and he's like, what does this song mean? And John's like, no, it's, it's just a bunch of words. Yeah. Mankind is just a bunch of words. Old Teen and Listerine. Like magazines. They always said, uh, he said, uh, they asked him if the walrus was, was really ball and John Lennon says, no, it rhymes. I, I, I... <laughs> right. Sometimes you just can't look too deeply into stuff, and you just gotta have to enjoy exactly. enjoy the composition, and you know. Yeah, and let's let Stone do that for you. Just yeah. sit back, put your beer up in the air, and sing Mankind along with Stone, and just have a good time. Now, 
can you imagine the conversation in the studio? Stone's like, all right, I got one. And it's like, okay, all right, let me sing it. Like Ovaltine, like Listerine, really? I don't want to do this shit. And then Stone's like, I'll do it. It's like, all right, I'll, cool, do whatever you want. We'll put it later on the album, sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're not really going to talk about I'm Open either. Like, there, you know, I, I got nothing I, to say. I, I do have something to say, actually, right. on I'm Open. Um, I listened to this a few times. It's a filler, and it's 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 not even a good filler, and it's not a good tag. It's it it's really whatever. But of course, they have to do it. Since this, it was the full album, really... why didn't they do the full song? That would have been a treat, you know. Eh, eh, would it though? I mean, it serves its purpose with the length that it is. I think. I suppose. But what I was going to say was, this stands as like a true testament to how good the placement and construction on this album is and how important that is on albums because it fits really well here in the set. They play it really well and the crowd is super into it. And when the crowd is into I'm open at this point, this transition moment, which is kind of what it serves as here with the placement, it's a transition. It, It really hits that transition effect. I liked it a lot because uh, like I said, it shows you how good this this construction of the album is and why it works so well at a show to do it to do it full. So I'm open with I'm open, man. I really liked it. Yeah, I'm still closed. Um, 113 shows since they had played it at this point. Um, but I think the crowd is getting into it because they know it's getting towards the end. And maybe some of the people in the crowd are saying, uh, this is on my checklist and I haven't heard it before. So they're checking it off. And maybe some people are saying, all right, you know, this will take about a minute until we get to around the bend, which is on my checklist. I think people were just pumped at this point and I think they appreciated it. It's coming towards the end of the album. I, I think because because for milk me it for listening all to it. Yeah. For me listening to it. I'm on I'm on the side that I appreciate it for what it is and where it is and how it works in the set and how it works on the album. So, yeah, I, I liked it. And I never thought I'd say that. Odd, but all right. Um, pretty odd. Pretty odd. Don't worry. I'm surprising myself here, too. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to sadly come to a close with the album here with Around the Bend. Um, and we're going to play around the men because it's a beautiful, beautiful song that I don't think gets enough credit, especially live. Um, so let's, let's hear it and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Definitely.
that's capping off the no code to hear one of the more rare songs off the album live uh 14 times played in its history longest delays playing it 169 shows from 2006 till 2013 and two, 226 between 1998 and 2003 what's interesting here and we'll keep this in mind for next week when we're compiling ideas is that uh around the bend was used as a closer a full set closer uh in 96 three times what do you think about that i like it and i think one thing they need to do is switch up closers they have their bread and butter sure but i mean a lot of these people that see pearl jam all the time have seen them a lot all right so mm-hmm. throw around the bend in as a closer why not yeah, yeah why not it, it's it has the same it's a lullaby you're kind of saying goodbye you're you know uh i mean we'll talk we'll talk about what the song is about in a second uh that ed kind of mentions later but um it's a beautiful song and i feel like it, you can go out on a high note uh by sending your fans home just kind of you know singing to them it, you know that, that's yeah I, i'm gonna keep it in mind for a closer for our make a set next week our wish yeah. set. you know what it's it's gonna really shake things up so i i'd, I'd be on board with it okay add it to the uh to the big board um okay so they mentioned they mentioned later it doesn't make much sense for us to talk about what ed talked about the song later because i we're talking about the song now so ed mentions this all in a couple of songs uh and he says that he was trying to write around the bend for zach irons who is jack jack and zach who's uh jack's son and he's a guitarist now um and he was trying to write the song for zach when he was a when he was a child and as a lullaby like i was saying before but then he said you know there's something kind of dark to this there's something kind of sinister and it sort of turned into a serial killer singing to the one that he just killed and that's such a dark turn for what the song is that it it makes sense and it's such a a cool a cool way to envision it you know cool horribly creepy and terrifying <laughs> yeah but i mean they're they're kind of they're you dig down deep into their songs and man they're dark yeah these songs are dark they're about violence and and abuse and all sorts of things so a serial killer singing to to his prey is is maybe not par for the course but it, it fits in side note just if anyone is curious uh zach irons is in uh awol nation who have had ah, a few hits so cool yeah, little little fun little side note nice. and he looks exactly like his dad <laughs> I can see it. Does he wear turtlenecks too? Oh, I don't know. You know what? I'll try to find a, a picture of him in a turtleneck and I'll uh, post it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're done with no code. It's it's over, and now really, it doesn't matter 
what happens at this point because you got something that's never going to happen again. So now you get to the point where it's almost like, okay, we have a whole show that we need to do now. What, what the hell are they going to do? And you would think off the bat, and it's pretty much, it's pretty much a pretty common show uh, for the rest of the way with a couple of turns. Yeah. There's nothing that blew me away or anything, but for the most part, it's a really, it's, it's, everything's performed really well. I mean, it's, they, they don't, lose any steam no going for going forward not at all and the crowd is at a high the crowd is at a serious high right now um coming off of it and i think give it a fly is a really good choice to come off of around the bend and start a brand new set start like set two within set one yeah exactly exactly and we talked about how we really like giving a fly as an opener and it really the first bunch of songs here from given a fly to interstellar overdrive corduroy minor manners and the brain of jay that would work to begin a show all of that ironically speaking of pink floyd <laughs> yeah a pink right floyd cover yeah yeah i mean because i know you and steve don't really care for given a fly really like anywhere because sometimes it, i'm very specific you're very yeah say, i'm specific how they play and where they play it yeah I'm, I'm not as specific with given a fly but if you treat this as just uh like a uh, uh, set opener part two perfect i i agree with this i agree with this here and i agree it's kind of you're kicking into a new gear and um I think it's important so and and it it, it feels it feels like they're just starting a new set Right. To to get off of no code and you have to you can't go into something that isn't a sing along. You have to you have to give fans something to feel really good about again. And I think out of all of the songs in their cat in their catalog, um, Given a Fly is one of those that the fans will sing as loud as they possibly can during. So um yeah they're gonna pick it back up it's like a way we're you know we're not we're not done yet we're gonna we're gonna go right back into this we're gonna ease you right back in exactly so ed gets on the mic after this he doesn't really talk too much during uh during the album and says it's a nice night out here and he wants to get the lights up to see the people so he thought they reserved the place to be a concert but it feels like a party and a DJ at a party would have played one song after another song, but they let him play a full record. The only time they've ever done it was in 91. He says at the time he must have forgotten about uh, 06. Um, yeah, which which happens. He's probably drinking during this. So um, Seems like they forget about avocado a lot, and I'm not into that. <laughs> it happens. Um, and he said they had, they had no idea the fans would have their back on this. They thought they'd be confused and or whatever, and uh, you know, the fans were fully there the whole entire way. It was a special moment for them. You could hear it, and it's stuff that we can't really, we can't really describe here. You can listen to when when we played the songs. You can really hear how passionate the crowd is then, and you can also, if there's any bootleg to go out. And buy if you have a free bootleg available for you in the ten club. Go out. This is this is the one. This is one to do. If you were listen there to it not. all the way through, and then really listen to the crowd when you listen to the album all the way through, <clears throat> and you'll you'll get a better idea of what we're talking about with that. It's as close as possible 
as to what um, actually transpired. Uh, so Eddie jokes around. He says they have two more songs left in the main set, and that elicits some booze. And he says that you can address your concerns to Stone Gossard, P.O. Box number, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it says now is the time to start making shit up. And that's where they get into Interstellar Overdrive and Corduroy. Uh, I love the combo, always have, and it feels like it's right. This is what they should be doing right now. They should be they should be starting over, starting from the beginning. And, and um, oh god, and Randy, thank God we are out of early '90s era corduroy. <laughs> I know you hated it. Finally, we got a great corduroy. Yes. Here. Yep. And a lot of these songs coming up is we're not gonna have much to say on it. We we really. We really covered a lot of what we covered with no code. We, you know, that's yeah, yeah. This was this was an album show, so I mean, there are some really high points to the rest of the show, and not a lot of bad ones. No, and what's amazing is there are fifteen songs that were played. Uh, I'm sorry, thirteen songs that were played on no code, and then so really, right now we're into about sixteen songs. They play thirty five. We're halfway fucking through. Yeah, seven uh, corduroy seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So that that makes sense. Um, we go into mind your manners, and it's we haven't covered it in a long time. It's funny. I love this song live. Uh, it it's one of those songs I have the most fun with listening to live. I remember hearing it when they when they teased it when the album was coming out, and I I knew it was going to be a great song, and uh, it turned out to be. <laughs> a high point of an album that I, I I don't hate, but it's not my favorite. So every time that intro for Mind Your Manners comes in, I, I'm i ready to go. And this was a, another good one. I call that intro the distress signal. Yeah, it's like, Which is such a Pearl Jam thing to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a Mike it's song, and, um, and Mike, Mike Hammer's at home. Uh, yep. And, you know, it's, it's pretty common stuff after this. Uh, Mind your manners. And then they do like Eddie sings two lines of Norwegian wood and goes in the brain of Jay, which I don't think there's a connection between the two at all. Uh, well, doesn't he, he says like, I want, what'd he say? Doesn't he put brain in though, instead of, Oh, maybe I missed that. Does he mix the words up a little bit? Uh, I, I might've missed it. I, he might've been slurring. I listened to the, the full thing, but then what I was listening to the most was I was re-listening to the, uh, to the no code section. So I, I don't remember completely, but if any of you guys want to go out and listen to it, let us know. <laughs> Brandon J right here works and it's great. It's great. Um, Definitely. Do you feel wiped going through the whole album of no code? And then you're like, man, we got like live being there live. I would, it wouldn't bother me one iota, but here just be like listening to it outside of it. Like well, so much more to go. It's like, yeah, and it's a little overwhelming in a way. I think being there, like once you hit Brain of Jay and you get you get down the list through thirty six songs in total, I could feel people walking out of there like they had just got hit by a bus. <laughs> exactly, because, because it goes right into this really incredible set one part two. Yeah, you know? and it's it's a lot. It, <laughs> it's it a really lot. is. It's a it's a lot to take in and and. And it's heavy hitter songs too. It's songs that that last a long time, and it's, it's one of the ones that makes Moline understandably one of the most popular shows and one of the most talked about because 
you get a full album and then you get hit with <laughs> with 10 other songs that are just are are just uh, super heavy hitters right the the next one isn't really a heavy hitter uh infallible it's you know still newish album in in lightning bolt and um and I, the song doesn't do anything for me it's i feel like this is a song that people like to hear but I don't really dare I say know why dare I say that this is the bathroom break. You know, I still want to give it give it a chance because I don't dislike the song. No, but I know. But I think for people that are really like emotionally charged right now, and you just heard Brian and Jay, and you're kind of like, okay, I've had like nine beers tonight. Infallible to me would be the song. It's kind of like eh, it's a it's a new song. It's that I've probably heard on on last horror. The thing with this song is halfway through, I'm kind of bored. Me too. So, yep. It just. But I always want to give it a shot. I'm hoping to maybe gain some kind of appreciation for it every time I listen to it. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest, though. I listened to this about halfway through, and then I I was like, oh, good, even flows next, and I, I skipped I skipped the rest of it. Yeah. He says hi to Mike McCready afterwards, who's playing Rick Nielsen from Cheap Tricks guitar early, earlier in the night, and um, that leads to Mike playing a little bit of Surrender. Um, and into Evenflow, like you said, it's a basic version, but the crowd is so into it. I think they're still so emotionally charged from earlier yeah. that it's like there's no lull. No. And um, maybe, maybe Infallible was the piss break. They came back and even flow and they were they were back and recharged. You know, even with that song being newer, yeah, I, hey, people might have been really excited for it. Who knows? I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> that that song is just it just kind of floats out there for me. You know, it's so hard for me to talk about and critique because I just don't. I I have zero to say about it. Even flow. Uh, no, in, in Oh, you're going back to infallible. Oh, okay. I'm hoping one day I'm going to either have that moment where I say, this is why I hate this song, or this is why I now really like this song, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. I, I have a couple of those songs that, that yeah. I feel that way about. And sometimes I get, I get my mind changed on. Like I'm, I'm still waiting for education to change my mind. Um, and I'm still a dud for me. Not, not, not a huge dud. I don't want right. to say it like that, but uh, even not much to say on even flow. I, I, I don't think we have to waste time. Ed afterwards uh, says he couldn't remember a line to a song, and somebody in front played teleprompter for him. And it really sounds like they don't have a set list planned out. He's stalling for time, and he keeps saying, "We need some songs. We need to know what to do next." So that could be dangerous in either direction. And then we get the ass kissing, uh, ass kissing fest coming. Um, I think out of all the members of the band, he kisses Cameron's ass the most. Do you, I mean, do you have a reason why, or do you think it just comes off that way? It's always after even flow for some reason, even flow really charges him with, with, uh, with Mike and with, with Matt. And he's always like, that over there, that's our Lamborghini. That's that's Matt Cameron on the drums. He ain't he ain't no Volvo. And he always he'll always say something about Matt. He usually says something about Mike during even flow. Barely says anything about Jeff or Stone. And he'll give a nod to Boom during or before uh 
Crazy Mary or Love Rain or Me. Maybe Eddie's just like, God damn it, I don't want to have to find another new drummer, so I'm just going to kiss his ass whenever <laughs> I can. <laughs> they, look, they've had a tough time with drummers, and, and I think he's really appreciative of what Matt Cameron did. At the time, I think he did mention this, that he was still touring with Soundgarden at the time. He was a machine. I think that was um, a big reason why Matt hadn't joined back in like 92, right? I mean, I, I think he was up for a nomination, but couldn't get it to work until... You know, a decade later. He was on the Mama Son. I believe he recorded the Mama Son with him, or mm. at least uh, some kind of demo. I, I don't remember the time frame. But... He just couldn't go full time. Yeah. But once Soundgarden broke up, I mean, Jack, you you were great. Thank you for your service. But Matt fucking Cameron, come on in, buddy. Jack's just fine, though. And he knew he was going to be just fine. He plays with yeah. everybody, so. Yeah. I don't think that the. I think that the touring that the way that the band was touring, I think was really hard on Jack from everything you read. So speaking of Jack, he does mention the Zach irons thing here about the serial killer and all that, that we talked about before. Um, don't need to really dive into it a little more. Uh, gone is next. And I think this version of gone sounded a little better than what we heard last week. I think there was a lot more emotion into it. And it felt like they were playing it for a purpose instead of just playing a song. I think it was dedicated to somebody, but I, I wasn't. It was tough to tell. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. Um, we got two more in the main set. It's Garden and Porch, and um, cool. I, I look, it, of course, they're going to end with Porch. I think it's interesting that they do a song like Garden and they don't pick me back up with like do the evolution into Porch. Hearing Garden live is is awesome and it's this uh, was a really good version of garden i was really i was really excited about this one. it just kind of takes you to a different place i i hate studio garden i i it just puts me right to sleep but live is is one of those things you have to experience it's uh, yeah it's a whole other thing now now that we're at the end of this of this main set here the fact that better man was written on the set or was going to be a part of the set and got bumped and in, infallible is on there mm. why, why wouldn't you do better man on a night like this you are you have such yeah. a strong strong night and it's not there. I I fully agree, but do you think sometimes you just need some tweeners? I think you could use some 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 tweeners for sure, but again, what if there are people there that don't really care for no code? That could be a whole album of of tweeners for you. So it's Sure. It's a it's a gamble, but uh, that's just my that's just my take on it. I hear you. I and I think for the most part most of the rest of the set is, is pretty is pretty basic. I think we're going to get into the encore here, and there's uh, a couple of interesting things early in the encore, but then you get into some pretty common stuff uh, after that. But yeah, Better Man should have been in the show. I agree with that. Um, it just it had that vibe to it. It it, it was everybody was singing singing along all night, and that's one of their best sing-alongs. So that's. Better Man should have been at the show, uh, probably instead of Porch there. So, um, but we're in the encore now, and we finally made it. it it's wow, twenty-three <laughs> songs in the first set, insane. Uh, Ed says something about tripping balls and doesn't remember the last time he did mushrooms. Uh, it kind of remembers. Like, I don't. I don't. Know. I don't know what he said. I can't verbatim all this. I'm typing while he's, while he's talking. It's, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. 
he felt some kind of trip coming back on stage. Uh, they were in the back cooking up the next course and ask everybody if they're still hungry. Then he asked people if there's anybody there that actually lives in Moline. And yeah, there was, there was a good response. Tells them he came up with a song just for them and he finished it 10 minutes before they walk on stage. All right. We're going to play it in a little bit, but first we got to kind of get through it because he had to kind of get through it. So he plays his way. He says he kind of has to remember it a little bit. So he's kind of playing it, but he's testing it out. And it's, it's, con I can see how it's confusing to the listener because they're like, all right, well, no one knows what the song is. You wrote it 10 minutes before you took the stage. So you're just kind of figuring it out. And then he he's trying to get his shit together here and it takes him another time and he's singing it and 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 he stops again and then he talks about he says it just he's trying to explain the song to people instead of playing it he's like it's kind of like better man it's kind of like better man it's the same kind of situation as better man it's getting out of a bad relationship or something like that and and just i feel like if you're not confident with something like this, you need to abort, you know, and just move on and move on, move into the next thing. Now, however, this was a little different because you get a small town like Moline and Eddie Vedder just wrote a, a song with your town name in the title. Okay, figure it out, but get your shit together, figure it out. And then that's a cool little moment for the town, and you can kind of. A lot of people said afterward they they'll s still talk about, hey, he wrote a song for about the town, or not really about the town, but featuring the town. Your thoughts? Uh, okay, there are points where <laughs> I thought he was just going to give up and go into Jolene because <laughs> it would have worked <laughs> and probably would have been better. Um, I but, thought, can I tell you something? When sure. I first heard that they did Moline, that this song was called Moline, I thought they were just going to change the lyrics to Jolene to <laughs> and, Moline. And I and I thought of that when I was listening to it, and wouldn't you know it, I've had Jolene stuck in my head for the past like three <laughs> days. So I, when we're done recording, I'm going to go listen to it. Dolly Parton. Because I got to get it out of my head. So, oh my goodness. So now, I, now I thought you say that I am mine has that real kind of pirate. Uh, the ocean That was really that's really a Brad B thing. I was just well, enhancing right. that. Yeah, it, it's and now I'll I'll never hear that song ever the same ever again. But I thought this was even worse. It, maybe it's just because he doesn't really know how he's going to sing it and he just goes full vetter on it and it's just yeah. this weird type thing yeah and it's it's dumb it's i you could have done anything else whatever but this is where it shows that they are fans first and there was thought and there was some sort of dedication that went into doing this for the people that were there when you think of it that way it's really cool because it's your own and it's special is it the best no. Is it even okay? No. But 
it's yours, and that's really nice, and, yes. and it just it shows what what kind of band they are. They're not going to play that in New Orleans. They're not going to play no, that no. in Nashville. They're not going to play that in in the Garden. That is a Moline special, and the next but time, but not only that, not only that, but no other band is going to do that. And right, and even if it sucks, it's yours forever, and and that's that's where I all my all my criticisms about it and how stupid it is completely goes away when you get to the point of it. Yeah, that's what makes them them. So let's play the part where he actually figures out what the song is about and. It's catchy in its spots, so um, let's hear it because we're never going to cover it again. Knew there was trouble, so I left Detroit. I left my old man for a plane full of boys. Or did he leave me, that son of a bitch? Keep it home after dawn, always smelling like pain. He took my share and still didn't care He probably would have killed me if I had stayed there But I had a scheme so cool and so clean I got me a ticket one way to Moline Moline, how have you been? Been here before but that must have been a dream It's no Jolene. It's a Moline. It's a Moline. Um, and like we said, not much more to say about it. You're, you're, you know, that's, that is theirs to own. You take and it for what it forever. is. Yeah. It, it happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, moving forward to another song, uh, a rare song. And he says the next song is for a girl named Allie. And I want to play this one too. So we're getting kind of back to back us not really talking too much and playing songs we have not covered this one yet gotta play it let's listen to b-girl b-girl 
You're gonna die You don't wanna be famous You wanna be shy Do your dances Alone in your own Becoming a star Become your Be sure, begin to live while you still can. Believe in nothing, believe me. Those who can't be trusted will change their minds. And anxious is the present. Grab your gifts, take your time. Everything you've imagined may be stuck. I've been pretty indifferent about the song, but I've come around to it. Maybe that's that's that song we were talking a couple minutes ago. Uh, kind of how you said, I'm, I'm waiting to have an opinion about Infallible. I, I guess I waited a long time to have a, an opinion on B-Girl. And I thought it was just cheesy and kind of a joke. It's a, it's a cute song. It's a pretty song. I love playing and covering songs that we haven't yet, especially rare songs and, and these kind of offbeat little songs and these shorter songs. It's, it's cool. It's fun to talk about. Um, I don't, I don't really have an opinion on B girl. Unfortunately. Um, I like it. You know, I like it being played because of its, of its rare status. And and that's about it. It it doesn't, it doesn't sound bad. I just, it's also, it's a, it's a Jeff song. So yeah, I just, I don't have an opinion on it fine I, I you know i think the, the the where the song kind of take takes the lyrics about you know just just be a girl don't you know don't worry about being uh whatever the lyrics are i i've sort of i'm almost talked out at this point because the no code stuff really yeah man whiplash there uh you know a lot of people said it's about the B girl from the blind melon video. I don't think that's true. Mm. I think it's about another girl that was a fan that was like a 13 or 14 year old fan that was getting involved with, you know, drugs and other sort of things. And, you know, it's kind of Eddie's moment to tell her to, you know, just, just be, just grow up, just grow into what you're going to become instead of, trying so hard to by the way 19 this is the 19th time they played it out of 25 times so since this is in four years since they played it here they played it six more times so as far as rare songs go this one is starting to become a little more common if that's so to speak so if they were to play a rare song 
it might be B-Girl more than it might be, I don't know what else could be played in this time of set. Um, I would say Around the Bend, but they played Around the Bend twice last year, or this year. Uh, so, there are other songs, uh, Other Side. Other Side would be really rare. Right. Uh, Undone yeah. would be really rare, th- those kind of things. All right, so... Moving on, um, Ed talks and says only a few more shows on this tour, which uh, would be Minnesota, Milwaukee, and Denver, and then I believe, I believe a bridge school after all that. Um, and Eddie really, really loves it in Moline, and they're going to be talking about this show for a long time. And one of the comments that I read was Eddie. People thought Eddie was in a really good mood this night, and it seems like they all were. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody has to be in the same mindset when you go out and you do something really experimental like this. Right. And that the crowd reacted so well to an album that he probably thinks nobody enjoys. Uh, You're wrong, by the way. We we love it. We love everything. Um, That's probably what has to do with a lot of his his happiness and excitement during all this so yeah uh this is imagine now it's still kind of in the slow part of the set um he wasn't playing it as much at this time and i don't think it sounds as good then as it does now i think he's gotten way better at playing it now um just a little hiccups yeah it's a little disappointing too because that's that's actually one song that i really enjoy when he plays i think we've talked about it before he's not a natural guitar player and you can kind of tell like he's good he's a musician he knows what he's doing he can play but i feel like mccready's a natural you know what i'm saying no no he's 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 gotten he's gotten much better um all right now we're starting to get a little uh momentum in the encore and in hiding is in the encore and i'm into it i've never we haven't covered it here me too i I like it a lot yeah and it's a mid-tempo song so it can it's always the beginning of a pace change but it's not full it's not the full turn it's not a full heel turn or face turn i don't know what i don't know if it's a heel or a face i wouldn't I wouldn't want to judge Pearl Jam songs, whether they're heels or faces. That's a horrible idea. Uh, this is not a wrestling podcast. Um, but it it kind of is open to interpretation here as to where uh, if they play it earlier in a set, like fifth or sixth in, you know that, okay, maybe they're going to die down the next song and it's going to be elderly woman or it's going to be something else. But here they can kind of do something else. They can kind of say, uh, go the other way with it and play something that continues to have momentum, which they do in lightning bolt. I still don't care for lightning bolt at all. I, I love it. Um, I think there are other live, some live versions really stick out to me. This one was okay. Um, I uh, I, I, I don't, here's the thing. I don't like lightning bolt and encore. I don't No. Oh no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't know what it is, man. I just, I hate this song and I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to like it. And having it in the encore here is just, blech, it's just blah to me. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. I, I think, 
I like lightning bolt in specific places. I like it when it can kind of have its own moment to shine. But when you put something in an encore, you're putting it on a pedestal almost. And especially this is a, a newer song, so it doesn't have that same um uh I don't want to say entitlement that like do the evolution or Wygo or Jeremy have, but it it it's not in that category. It's in a different category. You run the risk of it ruining some momentum here in the encore because you're doing you're doing a full album show. And this song is still relatively new, so the risk is putting it in the encore. Maybe don't do it. I know it's relatively new, but this isn't a lightning bolt show. This is this is no code. Right. I mean, they were able to get three three lightning bolt songs in, mm-hmm. which is good, but... They fit better there. I'm going to say lightning bolt probably would have fit better at, at the end of set one, because... Obviously, it would have because it's not really fitting here. Right. I will. I will say that I liked it a lot more, like when lightning when lightning bolt was out, than I do now. I think. I think it. It's sort of passed by on me, but it doesn't mean I dislike it. It just means other things have been favored over it. The main thing I always said when I listened to lightning bolt was, "This is the title track. Really, this is the title track." I think it's appropriate. It's I don't. It's not good enough to be a title. Tr- I don't. Eh. I we just we disagree. That's all. That's all I gotta say. I, yeah, I just don't like it. Um, do the evolution is pretty close to the sweet spot here. This is where we like it, and I think this is where I'm gonna uh, campaign to put it in our wish list set next week. Uh, with do the evolution, the later the better, because uh, mm-hmm. that's becoming a sweet spot for me for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And the rest of the set here is it's 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 all pretty common. I mean, the you got two more in this encore. It's Jeremy and Wygo. And everything is everything is clicking. It's clicking and it's work. It's working. Um Wygo is where I where I like it. Very appropriate encore. So I'd rather not hear Jeremy in an encore. I'd rather hear it late first set, but if I do hear an encore, I accept it. I think in this show, this I accept it. This is a little different. Yeah, this is yeah. this is it's okay here for it to be switched up just a little. You got to you got to keep in mind that this is sort of a mix of what they would do in an encore and what they would do at the end of a first set. Right. So, you know, that's why maybe you get in hiding. That's why maybe you get lightning bolt. The other three are, you know, can be placed in encores whenever you want. So, um, hey. Two weeks. Remember, we said last week. It's like uh, if after a while you're not just fishing for stats, you're fishing for placements. Yep. And we said, "Why go ending a set?" This is the second week in a, in a row. We tie it together. Yeah. They said, "National bow, of course, Mish." <laughs> uh, coming back, we get we're you know we're just at the end here. Uh, we're coming back from break. And Mike is going crazy with an interruption solo. No, no talking into this. They're just, they're just going to finish it up. They're just going to mop up. And um, Mike's going, he's showing off a little bit. And a lot of the show has been about Eddie and it was about Stone for about three minutes. And uh, Mike gets a good moment here. And Matt Cameron. Don't forget Matt well, Cameron's. Yeah. Uh, Matt always gets a shout, shout out. out. Chat up. Yep. <laughs> um, and then this is, this isn't bread and butter at the end, 
but it's toast and jam. This is leave leave the jam off. This is just kind of toast. You don't like fucking up? So it goes alive, fucking up, yellow lead bag. Yeah. This sucked the life out of the room for me. Oh, man. Talk about your vanilla ender. I thought this was boring So should they have went with the bread and butter approach and did Rockin' or even Baba? Yes. 100%. Yes. Now, I always say that fucking up is a really good diversion from all that. It's a diversion, but then they have to actually do it. Right. <laughs> like they could they could do it as a diversion like oh they're going to do fucking up yellow lead better it's done and then bam they'll hit you with rocking in the free world but they don't. So they toast up the bread real nice and then they just kind of throw it on the you know you're like the stepchild they just kind of throw it on the plate for you. <laughs> Mom, I need some need some butter or something here. I need some yeah. jam on this toast. Yeah, look, it's it's nothing particularly special even with the rest of the set and how it's constructed and how amazing and awesome it is. And that's fine. Look, I think, I think people at this point aren't expecting them to go out there and play sweet Lou black, red, yellow. They're expect they're This is exactly what they're expecting. The energy wasn't as palpable as it was earlier. I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying. People expect this kind of ending here, but I would be expecting something like Rockin'. I would expect Better Man. Uh, I think there are yeah. a couple points in here where they, they do throw curveballs, but it's... But overall, I mean, this is that's such oh, a small, it's, it's small awesome. part of what this set overall means to to the legacy and the history of this band. When you say that, the history and the legacy of the band and the, the how meaningful this show is... Why wouldn't you do the bread and butter at the end? That's I guess what, what my whole what my whole point my whole thought process is. Maybe just like, really just round this out here. I don't know. Maybe they were just feeling fucking up at this point. Maybe because I think they did rocking in Memphis and they might have done it in Detroit. Maybe they were just like, okay, one night we got to take off from it. It won't really hinder my rating on it. Um, and before we get to that, there was a quick post-show speech where Eddie says they were going to play Sirens for a guy named Brett. And he said he's turning 40, big fucking deal, but he's 20 years married, and that's an actual con- accomplishment. And he salutes their marriage and the best man, and he does a bunch of other shout-outs, and he said, thank you. Thank you, Moline. Bye-bye. Yeah, Sirens and Better Man and also Love Rain Over Me were, were on the set list, okay. but were not played. Great this one. What do you got? Um, well, this is, this is, of course, is, is going to be high because, I mean, we both love No Code and it shows you how well the album was put together, that it stands up, it ages well, it works really well as a set, and then they come out of that and they do almost a whole other set and it's, yeah, it, it was cool. Uh, they had some moments here that were a little silly, um, but I can't give it any less than an eight and a half. Yeah, that, that's... <sighs> Where I, where I, it's hard. Like, I feel like giving it an eight and a half cheapens what the show was. And I, I, that was my first initial thought was that this is an eight and a half show, but an eight and a half to most people is like a B plus. And I don't want people to see it like that because we kind of grade grade on a curve here because we don't like to give shows much over a nine that we haven't been to before because that, that don't get that experience. I don't, I don't care if people think that I give it a, a, 
a B plus. I, I want them to listen to this and then to go listen to the bootleg and and have their own rating for it. Right. I I think we're we're just a little more stingy that I think most people would just be just a ten. It's so it's so hard. I really one day want to give a show a ten. I, w- I uh, want yeah, to do too. it one day, too. and maybe I'll just crack and I'll, I'll just do it for the sake of it. And I have one in my mind that that is a very huge possibility, but I won't give it to a show that I didn't attend because you can't get the full experience. Um, and we're arguing this. It's such a little, small, little detail of of our show, just rating the show. It doesn't like we're not keeping track of what we've rated shows and what's the highest rated blah, blah, blah average, all that crap. Um, I, I want to try to give it so hard to give it a nine. I, I want to do it so badly, but I, I, yeah, I'm giving it a nine. Okay. I'm giving it a nine because the unpredictability factor, they're never going to do it again. I agree. The set list wasn't perfect. Uh, the, the stuff with Moline and trying to figure it out, if I were there and and not from Moline or Illinois, I'd be like, get on with it already. But again, this sitting here and listening to this show with, you know, on our laptops or in our car, wherever we're listening to this is so much different than the experience that they had. So I'm going to give that extra half point to the benefit of the doubt, the people that were in that crowd that night that got to witness and experience something special like this. That's, I feel, I feel like it deserves it. See, I can't, I can't do that. There might've been people there that absolutely hate no code. So those I, people, who cares about those people? It, you know, I, I think me giving it what I gave it for someone who, only really goes up to nine. I think that's pretty good. I don't think. I th- no, I'm I not saying it's not good. I'm all. not saying it's not good. I think. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what people think of our ratings. If they're like, oh, if they only give this eight and a half, and I think this is a ten, then like they can go to hell. Like we're not, we're not trying to do that. No, but I also, like I said, I can't give it benefit of the doubt for people that were there because there might have been people there that this was. This might have been a show they really. I'm not. Fo- I'm so. not focusing on the people that disliked it. I'm focusing on the people that were grateful enough to realize how special it was. The people that disliked it can they they, they don't matter in this situation. But that's not fair. That's like saying, that's like saying if they disagree with you because you like no code, that means their opinion on Pearl Jam as a fan doesn't matter. Well, no, it does. I'm not saying not it doesn't right. matter. I'm saying that. To judge it based on what other people might not like is not necessarily the way to go. I don't know. It's it's a vari it's a variable that you don't know that, you know? This this is my point. This is my point. This is why I can't give any kind of benefit of the doubt to people that were there if I wasn't there. I, I have to go by just my opinion, not by the people that were at the show that liked it. Because that's not a fair rating in my in my opinion. I've I've lost steam on this this argument, so um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. All, all all I'm saying is I can't speak for anyone else, even people that were there, and say the place was divided 
50% of the people loved it, 50% of the people hate it. I can't then go and say, I'm only agreeing with the 50, but you, you don't know, you don't know. So I can't go and say, well, I have, I have some stories here and people seem to yeah from 10 people you know it's three people not that many people write to us (laughs) plus this was short notice so i can't just speak to the people that were at the show that liked it i i i would have to speak for everybody so i don't i don't speak for any of them i just i just give my own you know this is what i dislike about it i no i i get it i i'm i i decided to give an extra half point to the people that it really meant something special to and they'll never see again. I think it was worth it, but it's, it's okay. I, 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 you know, I don't want to put a minus and B plus into anything here. I don't think it's fair. It's, it's stupid to even bring up, but whatever. I, I just, I don't want people thinking that rating something an eight instead of like trying to push a 10 is us being kind of, jerky Pearl Jam fans which it, it's not if you listen to the show we're, we're not no, and I, I, honestly I, I think if we're out there and every single show we do we're giving tens to I think that's kind of being a jerky fan I want I want people to All right, have you sold me yeah have, I want people I want people to have like well no I, I agree with you too though I think it goes both ways I just want people to know that we're being as honest as we possibly can yeah be. okay that's that's it we're, we're good with that conversation I don't have anything more to yeah, say and, and, and let's just put it to rest. We both really love this show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's not, let's not. Rating uh, or not, rating or not, this was a fun listen and unpredictable and just beautiful, well, well done and just positive throughout. So let's hear some stories from it. Let, let's do that and it'll kind of maybe sway our opinion or something. I don't know. So this one, our first one uh, is from Bradley. Piyaseki, uh, he is one of our Patreon donors, and he's also uh, the one who uh, who sent us the bootleg for this. So thank you so much, my friend. Yeah, big help. We're always we're always looking for boots, and uh, we do have we do have a bootleg dealer, um, but you know can't can't have all types of uh, all types of shows in there, so. Um, we're always looking for boots. If anybody has an idea or knows of a show that we're going to do later on and, and knows where to get the boot, send us the boot. All right. Brad story. When the tour was announced in spring of 2014, I decided I would try for 10 club tickets to Moline and Milwaukee since they were each a few hour drive from my home in Northwest Indiana. On a whim, I also threw my hat in the ring for Memphis. Memphis was quite a bit further, but it was on my birthday, and I figured that I may never get a chance to see my favorite band on my birthday again. And we covered the show, so no need to go into details. That's actually what he said. Um, So he said he lucked out and got tickets to all three. Since I always prefer to do consecutive shows, I brought general public tickets for the dates in between. So he says he did the five M's. He did these five in a row. Memphis, Motown, Moline, Minnesota, Milwaukee. First two shows were good, but nothing that blew me away. I'm happy I went and had a great time, and how could you not at a Pearl Jam show? Then I met up with a couple of friends for the Moline show. When they asked how the first two shows were, I said the same thing. Good, not great. Commented that I saw a couple of rare songs, and oddly only one no-code song over the two nights, which was Lucan in, in Detroit. Uh, and he said 
that there were more binaural and no code songs, which is pretty unheard of, which is kind of insane. Um, and he even made the joke that I hope we at least get two no code songs tonight. So wouldn't that be wild? Yeah. Wow. Two out of the first three. Nailed it. Um, as I usually do, I asked everybody to predict predict the opener. I predicted Long Road as it had been some time since it was played. Somebody else suggested sometimes due to lack of no code recently. And another person actually guessed Elderly Woman, which hit the nail on the head. When arriving, the first thing I noticed was how small the arena was. I was excited that it would have an intimate feel while still being an arena show. That's something I don't think we really painted the picture of. We were so worried and, you know, about trying to get the fan experience for no code aspect, but this is not a major arena. I, I, I don't even know what else happens here. Maybe like a, yeah. a college, a local college basketball team or something like that. I, I have no idea. A, a tractor pull or something. <laughs> Disney on ice. How about that? Fair enough. Yeah. I decided not to wait in line for the poster. I was not impressed with a picture of a big tractor. Uh, oh, it's so good. I like it too, but again, I don't know if I'd hang it up. I'm not a tractor guy, so um, again, the John Deere headquarters is is in the area. So um, when the show actually started, they played Elder the Woman, and sometimes, and I thought, wow, two predictions right on the right on the head. And then when they played Hell Hell, I thought to myself, hey, I got my two code, no code, like it, like I'd hope. I remember they had played the false start. And it sounded like they were going into play in my tree. Then they stopped, looked at each other, talked, then went into who, who you are. To me, I thought it was a quick change to the set list on the fly, which they tend to do sometimes. Then when they played in my tree, I paused and thought, this can't be happening. And it wasn't until the next song that convinced me that they were actually going through with the whole album. Because like we said, Smile is a second encore song. And to see it early told me that I, I was in for an unexpected treat. As you know, the rest of the album was played and something I never expected. I always said that I wouldn't want to see them do an album all the way through as I liked the variety in the set list. However, once I saw it, I loved it. The rest of the set was cool too. Brandon J, Garden, and Hiding, fucking up. And it still blows my mind that they did this and I'm so grateful that I was there. And a little side note, a little humble brag here. Um, Bradley has been to... Obviously, he said he went to the 5Ms, so he did Moline, Milwaukee. That's no code and yield, but he was also at the Versus show in, in Greenville. So, and he said nothing can top that no code so, show. However, if he, I don't think he voted in our election, but if he would have had a vote, he would have picked Binaural. If it were that one vote, we'd be sitting here probably covering Binaural. Yeah. It, well, might have needed one more other vote to break a tie, but we might have had to do a uh, a a double episode week and do both of them. Oh God, I don't think my I don't think my mind can take it. <laughs> Me either. All right, another two more stories to go. Uh, this one is from the porch. Uh, username Gern Blenstein. I remember thinking that it was odd that they played Hell Hell after sometimes, and then when they started Who You Are, I looked at the guy next to me and said something like, "How crazy it was that they played three no codes to no code tunes in a row." And he said, "Yeah, in order." And then it kicked in. Really special night. 
present tense was amazing. The only downside of the night was an idiot a few rows up for me that kept screaming at Eddie every time he would talk, telling him to shut up and sing, kept telling him to put down a guitar, you're a singer, at the top of his lungs, and I really wanted to strangle that idiot, but it passed out after a few songs. Um, that led to more conversation in that thread. Um, I think I heard some stuff during either Moline or Imagine, some, something in the encore. I think I heard it on the version that I listened to. You're always going to have assholes. It's just what's going to happen, and hopefully, it, yeah. hopefully they get kicked out. This one's from, last one, from Melissa Cherry Ann. I was in the pit with my then-husband celebrating our 23rd wedding anniversary and his 45th birthday. That's not the same shout-out that Eddie gave before. Uh, the numbers are different, unless he had it wrong. <laughs> uh, we stood about eight deep in front of Jeff and Eddie, and we realized that they were playing the whole album about three songs in. A general murmur was going through the crowd, and then jaw-dropping looks on everyone's faces said it all. The highlight for me was hearing the song, Moline. It was my first time in the pit at a PJ show, and everyone was respectful, treated each other with kindness and support. We took pictures at the Don John Deere Museum right before the show, and seeing Pearl Jam play at a show that close to our home in Peoria, Illinois, was something I'll never forget. See the, the John Deere Museum. <laughs> so, hey, look... Tractors are some people's thing. This is why I will say again, this poster is awesome. (laughs) Yes, it it defines the city. And I like when they do that instead of doing weird shit with a guy with a baby in his head, uh, with a fetus in his head, I should say, in Chicago when they should have been doing like, you know, basically a cub poster. We heard this before, but um, now we get a chance to ask this. So, public service announcement time. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know who you are. Um, People have been writing in, and we thank people for writing in, and and we encourage interaction on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I, I put a lot of things out there, and... Sometimes I'm like, hmm, I'm wondering why I'm not getting the interaction. Sometimes it, it, Facebook analytics are really weird. The algorithm is really weird. So anyway, we're, we're for the new year, we're going to start to figure out a way, a better way to interact with people. And we have a couple of ideas. Uh, so hang on to that idea for now. And we'll share that once we get into the new year. Um, keep in mind, our Patreon is still open. Um head over to Patreon, search for Live on Four Legs, and 
donate whatever you would like and just to help out the show and we did a good job with the toys for tots uh uh campaign and we're really proud of that um uh we do have a new patreon uh new patron this week uh dave kransky uh, thank you thank you dave i appreciate you being part of the team um and for everybody that that donates to our patreon uh Come the new year, we're going to have something special for you guys, just for Patreon donors. And look, it's even for people, if you want to donate $1 a month, uh, you'll be able to get this uh, special episode. And we'll keep splicing them in, maybe like every two or three months we'll, we'll do smaller stuff, like unplugged type stuff, and you know, smaller shows that will be probably like a half hour of us talking, and it won't really take too much time. Um, and we won't be fishing for stories and all that stuff so if you're really into the show and you really desire more content head on over to patreon do whatever you can to help us out and um and we're gonna feed you some content we're gonna start really getting on the shirts soon too um i think now is a really good time so uh yeah so this is the last this is the last like full concert that we're covering in 2018. That, that, I just thought of that now. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's a good one to end with. Yeah. That, um, next week, we're going to have something a little lighthearted and something a lot more fun. A uh, little project experiment. And, um, man, if you, if you, if you guys want to interact with us and participate a little bit, um, email us live on four legs, the number four, live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Email us and, and maybe we'll do like one request song in this wishlist set. So what we're doing, I, I should explain what we're doing first. What we're doing is we're doing what we're calling the Christmas wishlist set, where Matt and I will be coming up with our big board of what songs we want when, and both of us are going to put a set list together as a team. And it's going to be really tough because, as you know, and been listening to the show, we have some some things that we agree on and some things that we do not. And some things that maybe he'll want to uh, uh, go a little uh, against the grain on and, and some things that I might want to stay and stick traditional style to. And it's going to be interesting. Um, and I'll throw, in, I'll throw in some rules in there. I think that we should get one song of every album in. Is that fair? That's more than fair. Okay. I don't know if we should do, because Lost Dogs being a double disc. I honestly was going to try to do that anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, we're making just, a set. We're making a set. There's really no reason not to do something like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we're going to be fair. I think what we want to do is we want a good, good variety and not just a good variety, but something that you can see them doing and coming up with too. Uh, but it's also going to be something that hopefully at the end turns out to be a show that you and I would kill to see live. I think that's the goal. Oh, I, not just us, but I, I want everybody to want to listen to this show live. That's yeah. Yeah, sure. I, and, and, and it won't be one of these things. We're not going to be like dirty Frank third song in. we're not going to do that stuff. We're going to be, you know, we're going to pick the songs as it comes to us and, and, sort of really figure out 
uh, something special. And yeah, we're going to throw in a rare song here and there. Probably. It probably won't be Dirty Frank, but probably not. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to see. Yeah, probably not. Unless we both feel really uh, uh, inspired at that moment and we decide to toss it in there. Who knows? Yeah. We don't but even know yet. We're it's it's going to be interesting. It's a literal secret. What we're going to do is we're going to at least I'm going to do it. I hope you're going to do it. I'm going to do a big poster board and I'm going to put together columns and, you know, songs under openers that I want thinking about opening with and then songs, you know, mid-set songs and uh, encore songs and closer songs. And I'm going to try to really be scientific with it, I think, and then post it to social media and stuff like that. I think people would love it. I'm not going to do that. What I've already done is I've made a few playlists with different varieties of openers, mid-sets, closers, ah. stuff like that. And what I've been doing a lot is going through them, listening to how they flow. And I don't know, I might I might take those five or six and I might cut them down to three and then have my, my real go-to list here and then I'll have some backup. Okay. My goal with this was to go the more the playlist route so I could actually listen to how it works. Okay. That, that's 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 i think we're going from t- two different approaches here you i'm i think that's a good thing to uh, yeah, do sure. two different ways here yeah and uh you know we have the science and we have the we have the the flow with both of our ways i also well you have the flow well you know what i did also i i also thought about how i would make a set if i were in some sort of pearl jam tribute bands mm. like, what would how would i do this but the problem was i couldn't I couldn't sit on just one. I had to make like six different ones because I couldn't decide. Yeah. I have one really crazy idea and I will bring it up, but it's, it's not going to happen. Um, cause it's just been in my head for a little while. I won't spoil it, but, um, and one crazy idea that I'll bring up next week. Um, all right. Before I forget anybody that ordered a Christmas sweater, it's going out. It's probably already out. Um, you're listening to it on Friday, probably. It's yeah. What day is what day is this? <laughs> this is Friday in present time. Right? Uh, it's so hard to speak in the present <laughs> tense. It doesn't make much more sense to speak in the fresh or in the future tense. Yeah, it's uh, but that would be um, after that. We're gonna do a little. We're gonna go on on holiday, and we'll be back uh, in the new year. So this will be a yeah, little... not too not too long. No. Nah, just give a little break and we're we're going to be researching a lot of shows and i've already done research i know something that i want to do we're going to have a lot of patron uh guests early on january february um so you'll get to hear a lot of other voices which i've i've loved those episodes personally and i, th- I know you have too um, oh yeah definitely those are my favorite yeah and i think that uh um there's one mainly, mainly because our our guests have been so incredible. Oh yeah, no, I mean they've been showing how the Pearl Jam fandom is just you know it's so transcendent and awesome. We're similar while being different at the same time. It's a lot of different opinions. And sure, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I think we kind of understand each other, but you know, and what we're going to say next, and what we're going to think about something. But to hear somebody else bring it to the table, nah, and then you say, oh, "I never thought of it that way," and it opens us up to exactly. other opinions too. Exactly. So, and then there's something from the Riot Act era that I'm really I listen to. What I love doing now 
is if I have a long car ride, I'll put on a full show on YouTube and I won't look at the set list and I'll just listen and I'll surprise myself. And there was one from the Riot Act tour that I was like, oh, good God, this is great. And I won't say what it is yet, um, but if I have my way, it'll be in January. Let's put it that uh, way. Hey, that sounds fine to me. Uh, I've no problem doing a Riot Act tour show. Yeah, we haven't really done it yet, so that's it's a good time to do it. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got for today. And um, how I close it off all the time. This may be the end. I'm here for not much longer. I miss you already. I miss you always. For Moline and No Code. We're live on four legs and uh, the ligaments that you are, people, are ligaments. We thank you once again for the 15th time, hopefully, for listening to the show. And we'll be back with our wish list set next week. Bye. Jolene, 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 Jolene I'm begging of you, please don't take my man Jolene, 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 Jolene Please don't take him just because you can Your beauty is beyond compare With flaming locks of auburn hair With ivory skin Eyes of emerald green Your smile is like a breath of spring Your voice is soft like summer rain And I cannot compete with you, Jolene He talks about you in his sleep And there's nothing I can do to keep from crying When he calls your name, Jolene Understand how you could easily take my man, but you don't know what he means to me, Jolene. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Please don't take him just because you. of men, but I could never love again. He's the only one for me, Jolene. I had to have this talk with you. My happiness depends on you and whatever you decide to do, Jolene.